All right, welcome to the Krug Show meets Last Second Sports. Normally the big show, but and we we were getting ready to welcome back the great Vish. But Vish is a little under the weather, all that traveling. Um, so it's just a, it's the duo, it's the big show duo on a Thursday night. Hope everybody's having a phenomenal January the fourth. If um, I haven't said it yet. Let me say it because I only have one more day to say it. I've got a rule that you can't say Happy New Year after the 5th of January and today's the 4th. <laughs> All right. Happy New Year, everybody. Hope everybody's having a great New Year and uh, good luck to everybody in 2024. Welcome to the show. Of course, on my end, brought to you by Pig and a Pickle, the best barbecue in Northern California. Check them out in Emeryville and Corte Madera. They're open seven days a week. 11 a.m. till 8 p.m. or until they run out. And, of course, we're also brought to you by New York-style Italian sausage. The only kind of Italian sausage I eat is New York-style Italian sausage. It is the best. We're also brought to you by Marin Autoglass, marinautoglass.com, 415-883-3030, and Underdog and Mojo Fantasy. Check that link in the description. Use the promo code KRUG and they will match you up to your first $100. Jesse, good to see you, man. How was uh, how was new how was your holiday? How was New Year's? Uh how did you guys celebrate? Good. I mean, we didn't do anything super crazy. It's Christmas. We you know, we did our thing, but for New Year's we had some people over. Just a regular ball drop, nothing crazy. Uh let the kids stay up till midnight. They're 11 and 9, so that's a big deal at that age to stay up that late. They played football in the street until 10, 11 at night with their friends. So that was a good time. And uh, yeah, other than that, pretty low key. I do got to say, it's pretty funny, though, that Vish is not here tonight because a lot of people think that he's like kicked off the show. And so we had like teed up this whole thing that Vish was going to be back tonight. Right. Only for him to basically call out sick on us. So it looks like we've just kicked him to the curb again. It's terrible. I know. I and I, you know, he was traveling, I think, back. Did he say from India? Uh yeah, India. Yeah, that's where he yeah, was. Yeah. So I mean, that's not exactly short travel. Um, and man, I'd love to have been a fly on the wall on what his experiences were like in India because I've never been to India, but I've watched uh lots of specials on the most populated places in the world and some of the cities in india are among the most populated places in the world and let's just say it's nothing like san francisco it's nothing like chicago it's nothing like tampa it's nothing like basically any american city and i'd love to experience it i'd love to see you know what what the population feels like when you have that many people around you and I mean, I've seen some of the streets of some of the bigger cities of India, and it's just packed, absolutely packed. Um, and it's amazing. You have people on motorbikes. You've got all kinds of it just looks it looks like anything I've ever seen before, unlike anything I've ever seen before. So uh, I'd love to experience that at some point. Have you traveled internationally, Jesse? Are you an international traveler? I've traveled internationally a bit, but never anywhere like India or, or crazy continents like Mexico, Canada, um, DR. Where, have you, that been, where have you been internationally? Costa Rica. Okay. Uh, yeah, that's Great. basically Costa Rica, DR, uh, Mexico, Canada. That's about it. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, well, that's that's pretty. That's more than I have. I've gone to Mexico. I've gone to Canada. I've never been to Europe. Never been to Asia. Never been to you know. It's funny. I've 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 done so many different things, but I have not had a chance to travel internationally. And I would love to. I would absolutely love to because I think it would be a perspective, absolutely a perspective shaker, uh, for sure. I want to go uh, to Australia, but the dude, the spiders under, over there yeah. are like this big. Spiders. <laughs> if I run into a spider that's the size of my head, I probably would burn the whole country down. <laughs> like that would terrible. not be good. That would not be good. I'm not a big insect guy myself, which you're in Florida. So you probably, you guys probably have a little bit more. Well, I don't know. Tampa's on the coast, right? So you don't probably, I mean, what, what's the insect uh, deal there? Because there's, there's very few insects in California. It's very, it's, it's not humid. And usually with humidity brings insects. Yeah. I mean, we have, we definitely have probably more insects than you would be comfortable with, but we also have a lot of lizards, so they eat said insects. So it's not, it's actually not that bad. I will say though, that they are a little bit bigger. When I first moved out here and saw some of the grasshoppers, I was like, Oh, that's, those are much bigger than they are in Oregon for sure. So you, you get a little bit of that, but you don't see them a lot because the lizards eat them pretty quickly really in um and do you see a lot of lizards oh yeah everywhere everywhere really? little i mean little lizards nothing crazy well, but yeah, yeah they're everywhere not komodo dragons or anything no no Eating no they're alligators alligators too like my neighborhood i've got there's like it's a it's a gated community but there's like 1200 homes in this thing it's massive two golf courses 1200 homes and probably eight pretty good size ponds there's there's good size gators like i go on a walk and there's eight to ten foot gators pretty regularly that i see on a daily basis now how close can you get are they are they fast <laughs> well i'll tell you a funny story so when i first moved eat, here eat i had dogs, no idea don't they? don't they eat animals small animals yeah they yeah they will but these ones are pretty i don't know they they're more scared of you than anything but when i first moved here i had no idea but we're driving through the neighborhood i'm like oh there's a gator like let's stop so <laughs> i get out and it it's basically banked up on the top of this pond. And so I sneak around this way thinking I'm like going to sneak up on this thing. So I sneak up behind it and this thing jumped like six feet in the air and belly flopped in the water. And then it's beady eyes poked up over the water and we're looking at me I'm like, oh man, they're a lot more agile than I, <laughs> I did not expect them to move that quickly. Have not gotten close to a gator since I've learned my lesson. Now you are not a Florida native, though. You're a, you're a, no. you're an Oregon native, right? Aren't yeah, you? Oregon. Yeah, yeah. So there's well, nothing close gators. to that there. I no. mean, so <laughs> so, but you do <laughs> you do see alligators? Like how? When was the last time you saw an alligator? This morning, I really? I walked by one this morning. Yeah. How yeah. close? How close would you let it get? Uh, I mean, on my walk, huge, the ponds right? are... get like fifteen feet yeah. long or something like that. Yeah, I probably, I mean, the closest that I get is maybe 20 feet from them. Just on my walk, I go on my path and the pond's there and they're right just sticking out of the pond. Or this time of year, they're they're usually out of the water because they're trying to get warm. But yeah, they get they actually get pretty close. They just, they don't bother you. You don't bother them. They don't bother you. It's fine. Difference between an alligator and a crocodile. <laughs> Any idea? Like the snout, the, the mouth, I think. <laughs> I the shape of the mouth. I don't know. Yeah. You could right now you could say anything and I'd be like, oh, didn't know that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, that's a good thing. <laughs> good observation. Good observation. <laughs> um, I'm a I'm an alligator virgin. Though I've eaten alligator. I've eaten alligator. I was in oh, I was oh, in yeah. New Orleans and I had alligator and it was 
kind of like chicken nuggets. I was talking to Tay Martin yesterday in the locker room, and he's like, he's from New Orleans. We were talking about eating alligator, and he's like, alligator's really, really good. I told alligator him, I told, is good. I eat gator good. bites all the time. Whenever I go to a restaurant, I get gator bites pretty regularly. It's it's good. really yeah. That's a, that's like a that's on the menu. Normal most menus here have it, yeah. and it's breaded. Just tastes like a chicken, huh? Yeah, they fry them. They you know do whatever. Yeah, yeah. I've had I've had it at Koshan. It was awesome. I, I would recommend ga- alligator to anybody uh, if you haven't tried it. All right, let's get into the Niners. Um, and we've already got a bunch of people in the chat. We've you know we're you know building up an audience here. Hit like and subscribe. If you hit like, that helps the algorithm. More people find the show. If you hit subscribe. Hit that notification bell on either channel. Every time Jesse and I go live, you'll get a little notification that we're going live and you can join in. Um, The Niners had nine pro bowlers and a slew of alternates. And I just, I'm not really getting the whole pro bowl thing. You think I don't understand alligators. I don't understand the pro bowl either. (laughs) Um, I don't understand how, Dre Greenlaw could never be a pro bowler. He's, he's never been a pro bowler. Um, I don't understand how the 49ers could have an offensive line that I view as kind of passable at best and maybe effective from time to time, but oftentimes seems like the weakness of their offense and maybe team. And yet almost every guy on their offensive line was a pro bowl alternate. How does that work? What do you make of what do you make of the list? And then it's going to lead us into our Brandon Ayuk because Ayuk also was not a Pro Bowler, and I don't understand that. To me, Greenlaw and Ayuk should have been Pro Bowlers, um, and I don't understand how. You know, was Spencer Burford an alternate? I'm not sure if he was or wasn't, but Brendel was. I don't think so. McKivitz was. Yeah, um, and I love McKivitz, great guy to talk to and stuff, but he struggled. He gave up a bunch of pressures. Uh, he gave up three sacks in week one to Pittsburgh. He gave up a bunch of pressures in the Ravens game. I just don't, when I think of pro bowler, I just would never have thought he would have been an alternate. And yet he's a pro bowl alternate. And so is Brendel. So is Banks. Yeah. He's given up a, a big number of the team pressures too. There was a, a stat that dropped this week. It was like top five offensive linemen, as far as the percentage of pressures they give up on their team. And McKivitz was in that top five, along with McGlinchey, oddly enough, who they just got rid of and replaced with McKivitz. But so to me, I, I don't understand it either. I think the way it works is there's fan voting. It's like it's like thirds fan voting, players, executives maybe vote. And then that's how they come up with it. I don't know if it's a weighted algorithm or how it works. But if you look at the the voting as far as fans went, 49ers were getting heavy, heavy votes more so than any team. They went crazy on the votes this year. So I got to imagine that plays into it a bit. And I think for the most part, they they got it right. There are some weird ones in there, like Buda Baker, I don't think should have been in there. Obviously, some of the alternates are off. But Ayuk, that was one that was tough. That was a tough pill to swallow because we look at Ayuk and we're like, damn, he had a hell of a season. We think he's he's easily a top 10 wide receiver. Maybe some people would say top five, but... Then you look at the NFC and it's like, well, who do you take out? Because you got Puka Nakua, you got AJ Brown, actually the one that I I would have taken out, and I, I love him. Evans is a hell of a player. I think it's time to start considering him pressing into the top 10 of all time. You look at his career and what he's been able to put together. 
hell of a player. A couple more seasons, I think he's probably there. But this year, I don't think he deserved to be there. I probably would have taken him out, um, and I would have had either St. Brown or or Ayuk in there. But overall, I mean, you know, it's it's a Pro Bowl. And and what sucks though, what does suck though, is that we see that it's kind of random. But a lot of these players have incentives based off of making the Pro Bowl or All Pro. All Pro's a little bit more serious. They take that a little bit more serious. But the Pro Bowl, it's like, I mean, it's kind of a crapshoot. Really, anybody can get in. It seems like it's a popularity contest. I would have, you know, it's funny. We interviewed uh, Mooney Ward today in a group setting. And, and Mooney's like, there's one wide receiver. I won't name him, but there's one wide receiver who made the Pro Bowl um, that Ayuk should have beaten out. And I don't know who he's referring to. I think it's Puka Nakua um, from the Rams. And I, I guess my question is, why is it that Ayuk is getting slighted? Um, why did he get snubbed? Because like Puka Nakua for me, um, you know, he, he to, to get to 1,400 receiving yards. Ayuk had thir- has 1,317 receiving yards on 97 targets. Mm-hmm. Nakua has that, 1,400, like uh, 1,400 receiving yards. He's 147 targets. Yeah. So I don't know. I mean, it's, it, that's kind of a weird thing. Do you hold the guys, vo- the volume of targets against him um, or lack of volume of targets? I mean, it's kind of a weird situation. It almost is like saying it's harder to make the pro bowl on a good team at receiver than it is on a team where they're throwing you the ball more. Um, but I don't know. I mean, why in your mind, why did I, you get, get snubbed? Is it, is it his quiet personality? Is it efficiency? Isn't respected because he's more efficient than Puka clearly just based on those numbers. Is it, um, that touchdowns move the needle over yards or is it, the what I would call the the um, Talanoa Hafanga factor, where if you produce early in the year, it seems like that there's more benefit to that than if you produce late. Um, you know, I mean, you could you could say that that um, Ayuk's touchdown production came later in the year if he had if the second half had been the first half, would he have been a Pro Bowler? Or was he not a pro bowler because his production came later in the year and maybe people didn't notice it? I don't know. I'm not, I'm, I'm, I really have no I, the idea. Only thing, the only thing I can think of is volume. I think that there is something to be said for sheer volume. Something about 100 catches is a prestigious thing in the league as well. So I think that there's some of that. Also, when you look at the NFC, though, I think seven of the top 10 receivers and yardage are all in the NFC. Right. So it's like, okay, if you remove... Whoever, whether it's Evans or, or Puka Nakua or whoever you think should be removed, well, how do you not make a case for Amon Ross St. Brown, who's had a hell of a season for the Lions? I mean, he's a big part of that offense. He's, he's quite frankly, it, he is kind of what we think Debo is. If I'm being real with you, I mean, he takes end arounds. He He's a great route runner. He's smaller in stature, but he's very physical. He catches a ton of passes. I mean, he's a hell of a player. So, you know, I, I don't know that he got snubbed per se, but it doesn't feel right not having him in there knowing how hard he worked. And 
also, if he would have gotten 50 more targets, what his numbers would have been, we, then we know for sure he would have been a pro bowler. So it does make it tough. Well, and also, I kind of wonder, I mean, is it branding? If his name was more memorable, like Debo, would he have made it? Mm. I don't know. I mean, I, I don't, I'm not really sure. Um, is brand, I mean, we say that we respect wide receivers who block, but then we don't reward wide receivers who block by putting them in the Pro Bowl. And Evans did have a ridiculous number of touchdowns, didn't he? Didn't doesn't yeah. he have a bunch of touchdowns? Doesn't he have like fourteen or fifteen touchdowns? Yeah, I think so. I think he's yeah. he's up there. So yeah. But I mean, if you said to me who's a better receiver between Evans and Ayuk, Evans has great ball skills, but Ayuk's faster. I think he's is you know um, makes a lot of plays across the middle. He's fearless. He blocks. He's I mean uh, to me Evans. He's had a great career, and obviously he's got great touchdown production. But I kind of wonder: is it, or do we then, you know, is it is it possible that the people who vote on this thing um, value touchdowns more than receptions? Yeah, you also got to wonder: do they value anything at all? I mean, let's let's just keep it. Keep it real for a minute. Some of these like players the fans, that made you mean, it. You mean with the fans? Yeah, well, I mean, obviously the fans are going to vote whatever. If that's a third favorites, of the votes, there's yeah. nothing you can do about that. They're going to vote their favorites. But overall, when you see guys like Buda Baker make it, and I love Buda Baker. I think if he plays all season, he is one of the better safeties in the league, and he probably does deserve to be there. But he missed, he missed a, a big of chunk. Of, yeah, he yeah. missed a big chunk of games. So does he really deserve to be in there? Does... Colton McKibbitts deserved to be an alternate and some of these other guys. I mean, even Patrick Mahomes. Patrick Mahomes is the best quarterback in the NFL. I don't think anybody's arguing that. But did he really deserve to be one of the three quarterbacks in the AFC when you look at some of the numbers that he's put up? I think there's an argument to say probably not. But, you know, he makes it based off of how great he is and his name and and Rap. career go plays into it everything. So, yeah. Maybe it's a rep situation. I know in baseball, the all-star game is very much about rep. Like, mm -hmm. what's your reputation? Did you say that ba Baker made the made the Pro Bowl? No, I don't think Baker did. Buda but Baker? I'm saying Patrick Mahomes. Oh, Buda Baker did. Yeah, yeah. Sorry. I he thought did. you were thinking Baker, or Baker uh, Mayfield. Yeah. But Buda Baker made it? Yeah, he's a starter. Bobby Wagner made it. So let me see. What did, uh, what did Baker play for games this year? I mean, it's not a lot. He, I know he missed a bunch of games. Yeah. He played 11 games. Yeah. Okay. So oh, there you go. I mean, you no, know, he missed a half a dozen games. That's a lot. That's a lot. You know, 18 game season to miss six games. You missed, lot. you missed a third of the season. Yeah. That's a big deal. That's a big deal. Yeah. That's, that's surprising. Um, I'll say this. Um, you know, I, I think I, I want to see, you know, it would have been nice for Brandon to get that, especially in his contract year. In a kind of a perverse way, does it help the Niners re-sign him? I mean, I saw a spot track did an estimate of what Ayuk is going to get in free agency, and spot track estimated $23 million a year. I already think that that you know Ayuk's a must-re-sign guy. I've looked at the Niner free agents. They got a bunch of them, but there's a bunch of them they could just let walk and will let walk. Um I, I if it's twenty three a year, I'm giving him twenty three a year, no problem. I mean, right. he's gonna get paid. He's gonna get paid top five receiver money. 
And you kind of just got to let it happen. I guess the question becomes, do they do it this offseason or do they wait? Because typically, you know, the 49ers are a team that will wait a little bit. So is it something that they address this offseason or they say, yeah, you know, let's give it one more season, take our chances on it. I think the longer they wait, the more it's going to cost them. So I I would try to get it done this offseason if I was the 49ers, but sometimes they don't look at it that way. And, you know, and and the way that you're talking about Ayuk is the same thing that happened to Purdy. Purdy likely not getting the MVP might save them a little bit of money, you know. Although, they don't have to pay Purdy though until when? Two years, right? Two ne- after next year. But I mean, yeah. it doesn't matter. You you're an MVP. I mean, write the blank check already. It doesn't yeah. matter. Which kind of sucks because Purdy is. I mean, he's severely underpaid. <laughs> if well, anybody yeah. deserves to get the most money they can get, it would be Brock Purdy, who's basically been playing for free when it comes to NFL pay standards. Maybe not to what you and I make or, or whatever else. But as far as what NFL players make, he's basically playing for free. Yeah, it, it was so bad that when Christmas came around, he's like, listen, I would love to get everybody <laughs> gifts, but I, what, I can't afford well, it. I, I can't afford that. Are you kidding me? I, would I take home 150 grand a year and live in California? What are we talking about? No, I've got yeah. a roommate. McKibbins is my roommate. Like This is... This is how Zikel, I live right Zikel, now. Yeah. Or Zikel's my roommate. Yeah. yeah. Like, but he makes $840,000 a year. Yeah. I mean, whatever. You, <laughs> I mean, you got, listen, somebody's yeah. making $840,000 a year, you know, that's, that's what's, what's he, what's he going to get though? I mean, you, you take away right. taxes, no, then you take away your agent fees. You take away the, the prep that it, ta- you know, to care for your body. I mean, is he netting? he walking away with 200 grand that he gets to play with every year that's not a lot of, that's really not a lot of money yeah, well especially not for an nfl quarterback not enough to be giving out opulent you know gifts no. to your to not, all, not enough your, to be handing out teammates. golf carts to your offensive lineman like pat mahomes right like those are fifteen thousand a pop what are you gonna do seriously gosh i mean those linemen look so happy by the way that day when he would they were getting there they were like little oh, kids yeah. Uh, by the way, I didn't even ask you with little kids, what was the big gift in your house? Was there, Ooh. was there a gift that was like, all right, here we go. Like, you know, like it, well, it depends. They, they're both into their own things for, for my youngest Maddox, who's a big Ravens fan. Uh, you bought him the Ravens? I, no, no. Yeah. Yeah. I brought him. I brought Lamar Jackson to the house. No, uh, <laughs> he, uh, He's a big Ravens fan and he's just a big football fan in general. So, you know, he got a Lamar jersey and then I got him tickets to the Pro Bowl as well. So nice. he's uh, you know, to to him, the wait, Pro Bowl's a big a deal. Bowl? I thought they're yeah, in Orlando. Was... In Orlando. It's, it's an actual it's flag game football. Or it's a flag, flag football. It's flag. But for him, it's just it doesn't matter. Just being around the stars and seeing them play yeah. and he loves it. So for him, that's a big deal. So he got Pro Bowl tickets and then my my uh my oldest could care less about sports he's really into art and drawing but he's also like really big into five nights at freddy's this uh i had never heard of it before he was around but anyways so i got him some stuff that pertained to that and he was he was on cloud nine so yeah that was you know they loved it it's funny i i i I like to say that i share 50 50 duties on almost everything with my wife taking out the trash you know doing dishes she does more of the laundry, but basically we share um, all the household duties, except for Christmas purchasing. I kind of 
she's totally better at it than me. You know, she's like, I, you know, she's the one who she knows everybody's list. She's got it down. You know, it's like, she looks at me and she's like, ha, ha, ha. you know, you, you just show up. You just fund well, dude, dude, I watched, listen, listen. I saw this thing a couple of years ago and it couldn't be more true where it was, uh, it, it was kids opening a gift on Christmas and dad's like peering over their shoulder. Cause he also doesn't know what they got. So he's like, right, right. Ooh, that's awesome. He's getting excited with them. Cause he has no clue what was bought for him. That is mostly true. Although this year I was on my game man. all the, the big gifts, it was me. It was my idea. So I felt pretty good about that. There's always a couple that I'm involved with, but you know, yeah, they, they're surprised or I'll get this dad. Thank you so much. And I'll be like, I give the high You're eye. You know, if you really don't know, you can always just you in life. If you don't know, you can almost get away with the high eye all the time. Just like that's the trick. Oh, you know, just like it, it's a good I'm so way. To excited sell. for you, yeah. Yeah, it's a good batter. Otherwise, really, wow! I'm so excited for you and for me. Because I had no clue what you were opening. Though I did love this gift behind me that you uh, advised Kev on, and uh, I'm loving the neon light. Though I am getting a little, little uh, glow off the back. Yours doesn't glow as much. You must either have some cover on it, or the outline's a little not as bright. Look at that. Look at the. It's my 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 neon it's, light. Very, it's very good bright. though. It, it shows depth. It shows that you're separated from the wall behind you. I also I don't know what you like turned yours up to, but mine's up. Mine's at 25%. I hit the 25% button and then I, I bump it down one from that. I hit the, the glow oh, down. I'm at, I'm so at, mine's a little bit yeah. lower than yours. I think I'm at 25%. I'm if you at, hit 25 and then hit the arrow down afterwards, like that's as low as it gets. Oh, wait a second. There we uh, go. See, not, not as glowy. Not I'm, as learning. glowy. I'm learning. <laughs> um, all right, let's hit the uh, super chats here. We got a bunch of them. They're stacking up. All right, let's go to Frank Tom Ocean. He says, like smashed on both channels. There you go. Thank, thank you. you. Frank, you fr thank you, Frank Tom Ocean. Appreciate you. Uh, brother Greenlaw, little decorum, Bob says, Nails, we re-signing Brandon Ayuk to a 25 to 27 million per year deal. I would ask uh, Purdy Profit, but he already said no for BA because of drops, not getting open, and lack of touchdowns. What say you? I'm never going to let that one go. I mean, literally never going to. I, I think the, uh, you know, I think at some point, Brother Bob, you may want to drop that one. But go ahead. Go ahead, uh, Jesse. What do you think? 20. What do you think he'll get? I'm saying, I'm saying I'd pay him. I've looked at the free agent list. I don't really mind if Ayuk's the only free agent that they resign. Maybe one or two more, but of of the major ones, I mean, they don't have tons of major free agents. It's him. It's Chase Chase Young. Um, I I get I I, I would let Chase. I like Chase Young. Good dude. Talk to him a little bit today. But if he wants to be paid like a like a premier edge rusher, I think I'm letting him walk down the road. Uh, I just think that I can find guys in the draft to replace him. I don't know if I can find a receiver to replace Ayuk. So I'm I'm paying Ayuk and I'm letting Chase walk. Well, I, I would too if that's the choice. But here's the question for you. So the first year that his money would kick in is technically 2025, right? Because they've got him on the, the fifth-year option this next year. Even if right. he re a deal, it'll be the year after that. Debo 
2025 makes 24.2 million. Are you giving him? Let's say he says, you know what? I want to make more than Debo. I want 24 and a half million. Just to say that I am the highest paid receiver on the team. Are you saying yes to that deal? I would. I would. Just because um, I, I, I think he's going to age well. Mm. Um, and he's, you know, you tend to, you know, it's like the free agents always go up. You know what I mean? The cost of your free agents always go up. So I think you just have to be okay with that. Um, yeah. And I think Debo would be okay with that. You know, it's all about getting paid when it's your time to get paid. So, um, but here's the, here's the Niner undrafted free agent list. Randy Gregory, I'd like to resign him or maybe extend him. Um, wait a second. Chase Young, no. Sam Darnold, I could say no to. Kinlaw, if I could get him at the at right at the right price, I'd like to have him back. Other than the, otherwise, I could. I, it's okay if he walks. Tayshon Gibson, uh, I wouldn't pay Tayshon. Um, Sebastian Joseph Day, let's see how he does. He has looked really good in practice, really good. Orrin Burks, nope, not paying him. Cleveland Farrell, not worried about that. Feliciano, uh, you know, he's 32. He might retire. Kevin Givens, uh, $2.1 I might pay him. Ray-Ray McLeod, doubtful. Flanagan Fowles, doubtful. Dwelly, no. Brandon Allen, no. Chris Conley, no. Logan Ryan, no. Matt Pryor, no. Jawan Jennings, I think I would pay. Uh, but not I'm not letting Juwan walk. Well, I'd let him walk if he gets a real big offer, but I, I like Juwan Jennings. I think he's a culture player. Ben Barch, I want to resign. War, Warner, I'm letting walk. Terrence Mitchell, I don't I don't even think he's on the team anymore. Um, so there you go. I mean, it's not a you know what I'm saying? It's like you look at that list and you got like one or two guys, like Gregory, maybe Kinlaw, maybe Joseph Day, definitely Ayuk. Um, and Ayuk's not even a free agent. You don't have to pay him right now. So I don't know. They're going to be able to afford, they're going to be able to afford most of these guys next year. And, and the nice thing is about most of those players that you named, you can probably get away with doing a one year deal, which then sets you up the next year to be free of those contracts and and decide all over again. So I, I actually don't, next year is not really the problem because they have that, 37 or so million that they get to carry over to next year, right. which is going to be significant. So they're going to be able to keep this team whole for the most part if they decide that's the route they want to take. But it's also going to take a lot of one-year deals to kind of finagle it and get it get it to happen. Really, it's two years from now. This team is going to be drastically different. I know that I've talked about it on here, and I, I think you agreed. But in two years, you're looking at guys like Kittle, Trent, maybe Debo, Armstead, Use check. Those guys are not going to be here. At the start of 2025 season, I would be shocked. McCaffrey, I'd be shocked if most of those guys are back. I, I think most of them will not be on this roster. And we're looking at a completely different team, which makes this upcoming draft and the one after that so important. Because in order to restock the cupboard, when you got guys like Purdy about to get paid, Ayuk and what have you, the big chunks of the contracts when it comes to Warner and Bosa, Greenlaw, all these other guys. Charvarius Ward, you're going to have to hit in the draft. So these drafts are so crucial to the 49ers remaining at the top of the NFL beyond 2024, in yeah. my opinion. 
And I think Lynch has done, I love the way the Niners handle free agency. And I think Lynch has done a much better job than bulky at drafting. Yeah. If you just look at the percentage of the hit rate, I was looking at John's hit rate and the star players. He, you know, bulky hit at like 12% in the, in the Harbaugh years. And he had like two star players. Uh, and one of them was Alden Smith. The other was Borland, maybe Kaepernick. If you want to throw Kaepernick mm. in there, um, John Lynch has hit on a lot of star players. Um, and has a much, much higher hit rate overall. Um, we got this one from Andy says, what day and time do you think the Niners will play in the divisional round? I think they're going to go in the primetime window. There's, there's, um, there's, there's four windows in the divisional round. There's two games on Saturday, January the 20th. There's two games on Sunday, January the 21st. My guess is they will play the second game either Saturday or Sunday. That'd be my guess. Though the second game on Saturday is a night game. I believe the second game on Sunday is the one is a afternoon game. I think. I think. Uh, isn't it? Doesn't it go? Doesn't it go afternoon, evening, and then morning, and then afternoon on Sunday? Typically, well, then I, they I got the, the Monday. They got the Monday night game too. No, not the week that the 49ers played. They have the Monday night game that they've added to the wild card. But yeah, I want to say yeah. that sounds right. I think they do a night game on on a Saturday and then a two early games on Sunday. Yeah. Uh, they'll be in the prime. They'll be in one of the primetime windows for sure. Um, well, and then the 49ers are going to be in the NFC championship. Assuming they make it, I think they're going to be the night game. I think this year it's the NFC's the night game. So, cause they alternate every year. Well, is it night or is it morning and afternoon? Cause that didn't no, the NFC title no, no. game used to be, or the title game weekend used to be morning and afternoon. Well, I want to say when I say night, I guess I'm I'm looking at uh, what do you think? East Coast. Four? It's not going to be yeah, it's not going to be West Coast time or whatever. I, but I want to say it's at like five or something. Some okay, five six o'clock Eastern at, time. I looked at ESPN.com's breakdown of the games, and there's no times listed on any of them, including the no. wild card. So they'll they'll play with that. I'm sure there are set times, but I think they'll be in a prime time window for sure. Calvin, uh, Calvin, Calvin, and Hobbs says, what is more concerning as the Niners head to the playoffs, the run D, the offensive line, or special teams slash kicker? That's interesting. That was that was actually one of the topics I wanted to get to, which is I phrased it as, what is the Niners' biggest issue entering the playoffs? I have O-line, run D, rustiness, interceptions, and Purdy's inexperience. I didn't even factor in special teams or kicker. I guess I could have thrown that in there. But if you if if you went with mine instead of his, because I got a few more here, what would you say is the biggest issue for the Niners? Their O line, the fact that they won't have played in three weeks, the interceptions that they've thrown, the run defense, or Purdy's inexperience, despite the fact he's already played uh two two and two playoff games and change, we'll call it. I on the surface, I want to say the run defense only from the standpoint of of more on the missed tackle aspect, not necessarily run defense, but just once you've got a player in front of you actually making the tackle. This team has more missed tackles than it had all of last year, including the playoffs by, I think, about 15. And this is coming off of two weeks where they only missed nine tackles. So missed tackles for me is a concern, which kind of parlays into the run defense. But. I also think that there's an aspect of that 
that is remedied with the 49ers getting a rest and getting the bye week. So I, I got to be honest, I'm not too concerned about any of them, even the rust thing where, okay, maybe you're sitting too long. That could be a big deal. Yeah, but Steve who are you going to play? Steve Young believes in the issue. Did you see that? I, I I don't necessarily disagree with him. I I actually probably tend to agree. I I my preference was having the players play a half. Just play the first half, stay in sync, stay in rhythm. But then I thought about it and I was like, okay, well, I mean, who's really going to give them problems in round 2? Maybe the Rams, I guess, if if that's the team, but even them, I mean, are you that concerned about it? I just, I just don't think that there's a reason to be concerned for the 49ers. I really don't. This thing should be a cakewalk in the NFC. Now, once you get to the Super Bowl, I think you're playing a for real team, no matter who comes out over there. But the NFC is just, I don't, I, if I wasn't a Niner fan, I wouldn't be that excited if I was one of these other teams. I wouldn't think my team has a chance because the 49ers exist. So that's just me. You know, it's funny. Steve Young brought up the whole rust, rest versus rust factor. And he's not, you know, Brock will not have played in roughly three weeks um, by the time they play this game, uh, the divisional round. I looked at, you know, his, his, you know, you look at Purdy and you say, well, yeah, okay, there's that. He was asked about it today. Um, I'm going to share the screen and play this for you. This is, this is Purdy earlier today talking a little bit about this factor and let's see what he has to say then we can talk a little bit about it um let's see after you know three weeks and you know if so how do you kind of you know try to stay as much in rhythm as possible yeah um i mean that's something that i brought up to kyle and um you know then he brought up some really good points just in terms of like you know the preseason um not getting a whole lot of reps and snaps and then going into Pittsburgh and playing, you know, well enough to win. And same with the bye week coming back and having a, a good good performance against Jacksonville. So um I think I've done it, you know, this year in terms of having some rest and then coming in and playing. Um and so that's something that's feels good to go back and remind myself about. And not only that, like I'm gonna be practicing against really good defense, obviously our guys for the next couple of weeks too. So um and it's not like I'm going to be sitting on the couch for the next couple of weeks doing absolutely nothing. You know, we're going to be out here still getting good reps against our defense, working on the little things I need to work on, my footwork, my reads at practice, and, um, you know, whoever we end up playing the, in, our, in our first round, um, we'll be ready for it. So. It was a comp, it was just part of our conversation, you know, um, just being real with all the situations and scenarios with this week and playing and stuff. So that's something that, that we brought up and um, made the decision after that. So what do you think, Jesse? I mean, the way I look at it is that, okay, Brock Purdy in college played no more than 13 games, I think. And um, he's already played 16 games. He's going to, and then if you add in the preseason games, he's played 18 games. And if you, if they go to the Super Bowl, he will have played 21 games. Um, and I just think that that's a lot of games. I mean, he's the most uh, passing attempts he's ever had in a season is like 475. He's already at like 460 right now. And I liked the Brock Purdy that I saw in Jacksonville as far as his arm strength. Um, you know, I, I think maybe taking a, a, 
your foot off the gas pedal a little bit with Brock maybe gives him a little bit of juice. To me, the best arm strength throw he made all year was the ball in the third quarter against Jacksonville where he faked it, he pumped it to uh, Ayuk, brought it back, and then without being able to step into it, he just kind of threw it to Kittle, and he led him down Mm -hmm. the field on the touchdown where Kittle beat uh, Devin Lloyd. That was a great arm strength throw. That was after the bye week. I, I don't know if if um, if the guy didn't look good against Jacksonville and hadn't looked good against Pittsburgh, and also if he were an older player who's played a bunch of games, I do understand what Steve Young's saying because Steve Young understands rest versus rust, and God knows uh, he knows a lot about pro football. I wouldn't question his knowledge, but I think it's an, a case by case basis. I guess it's about for me, it's about what can you live with. I can live with, hey man, Brock was rusty in the first two series over he played in week 18 against the Rams and he sprained an ankle and he lost his escapability or he got hurt and he was not available and it's Sam Darnold time. I mean, I I don't want to take a chance on that. Nothing against Sam, but I just think that the numbers in Vegas, Jesse, would drop precipitously on the Niners if they lost Brock Purdy. So I'm I'd better be I, I, I like the idea of being better safe than sorry and sitting him out. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm fine either way. Like I said, for me, I wanted to play the players that didn't have an injury designation a half to keep them going. That being said, if if the question is, are you worried about Brock coming off of essentially three weeks of not playing football? No. And all you have to do is point back to the beginning of the season when one thing that we didn't know was what would he be ready for week one? What was that going to look like? And quite frankly, you're talking about a player who in his first off season, first real off season, because last year as a rookie, your off season is spent prepping for the draft. That's not a real off season. This was his first real off season. This was his chance to get better. And you can look at it and say, well, I mean, he's not going to have that. What's it going to look like week one? And, and how long does it take him to get going? Well, it turns out week one, the 49ers offense was humming. So if if they can do that and he can do that, why can't you do it off of a few weeks rest when you have played all season? Now, I would argue that his best ball came after the bye week. So technically it took him a while to ramp up, but it's not like he was playing bad football to start the season by any means. So, you know, the way that I look at it is it is case by case. Kyle Shanahan, you have to trust that he and the coaching staff know best. They're choosing to do this for a reason. I'm fine with it. Um. Okay. Let I lose track of my supers here. Where is it? Knees, I believe, was next. He said, um, Knees' Pro Bowl is more of a popularity contest, mm-hmm. hence Bobby Wagner and Buda Baker over Greenlaw. Yeah, but I mean, my goodness, how many times? Bobby Wagner's a hell of a player, but Trey Greenlaw, I think, is every bit as good as as uh, Fred Warner. And the fact that Warner just annually is gets this designation and Greenlaw never gets recognized, to me, is just, come on, man, let's make the correction. Greenlaw is a Pro Bowl linebacker. There's no doubt in my mind. Brother Greenlaw, little decorum Bob, says, yes, we all thought Brandon Ayuk was all pro except Purdy Prophet, LOL. Killing me on the Ayuk forever. Uh, Brandon Ayuk got snubbed because peeps count phantom drops. It's only got two this year. I mean, he's he had in the past he's had he's had a bit of the dropsies, but this year he's only got two. 
Uh, we got this one from Roscoe or Roscoe's. He says, it's because you said BA was a disappointment. That's why. Wow. I, I, I have that kind of power over the Pro Bowl voting. Man, hey. I, I didn't know. If I knew I had that kind of power, I would have exercised it in other ways. Nice is chill on the Brandon Ayuk hype. We're trying to keep the price down. <laughs> Too late. Secret's out, Nice. Yeah, Secret niece, is out. Nice. I don't know about that one. Dave Barclay is a member, new member at Jesse's channel. He says uh, he has become a new YouTube member. And I always give a little, a little, little clap Appreciate to all it. the new YouTube members. It's always cool. There'll be more in the, in the future. Dave Barclay says, sorry, Jess, I have to respectfully bow out. Oh, okay. All right. Well, well see hey, you later, bud. Have a good one. He's in. He's, in, he's a member. <laughs> he's and now he's, and he's out. out. He's yeah. Out. yeah. <laughs> easy come, easy go. No, I'm just joking. Brother Greenlaw, little decorum, little decorum, Bob, says, Nails, Larry disrespects you and Ryan on a regular basis, especially when he's on with DV. How do you still do shows with him? Generally curious. Okay. Let's address it. Let's, Let's address it. it. Let's do it. All right. So <laughs> you had a show with Damon Bruce. Right. And of course, I get tagged in the video of you guys talking about, first of all, clearly talking about Ryan. Like, let's, let's, Damon's clearly talking about Ryan. That's fine. You guys have your thing. The only what issue did, I what have, did Damon say? What did Damon say? Well, he said he was, if you're a, a mortgage broker, uh, what, I mean, basically a real estate agent or a mortgage broker or whatever, maybe you right. shouldn't be talking sports, which that's a clear shot at Ryan. I mean, let's, we, we know exactly who he's talking about. So no surprise there, but then there's a second half of that where you're talking about what seems to be one of my takes which you and I have had an hour conversation on this very show about and people immediately take it, run to Twitter and they're like, Jesse Ryan, they're talking about you. Now I say in the cut, I don't really say much. I said one thing, which was, listen, Larry has my number. If Larry had an issue, I'm sure he would pick up the phone and call me. Other than that, I'm not, I'm not worried about what's being said behind the screen because what's being said behind a screen is about as real as Santa I'm going to keep doing me. And if people have a problem with it, then they can keep it pushing. I really don't care. It's not going to slow my role. That's where I'm coming from. But, but on the flip side of that is, I guess the only thing I would and say, what Larry, was the, what is what was your take? What was your take that I brought up? Uh, the wait and see on Brock, I think. Which is which I've never said. I never said wait and see. I've given a clear take on Brock, and then I've just said I won't know if oh, I'm. Oh no, right no, no! I no, now now I think I remember. It had to do with he's the guy right now, but he's mm -hmm. not the guy long term. Yeah, Mister Right versus Mister Right Now, which I made the video in March. Yeah, yep. Right, and I've okay. disagreed. I disagree with with which that is fine. And and I've and I've told you to your face that I disagree with that take. I I, I understand that, and so but I guess. Where things run a little rampant is when you say that and you don't put a name on it. Now, every single time, if you say something and you don't put a name on it, there's three names that are going to come up every single time. It's going to be Ryan, which most likely it is about <laughs> Ryan, Grant and myself. And it's like, well, Larry does shows weekly with Jesse and Grant. How, do, how are you going to continue to do these shows with them? And the way that I'm going to say it is, 
It's not a real beef. It is football takes, first of all. We're right. doing something, a show together, which benefits both platforms. If Larry had a real issue, he could pick up the phone and call me. And if it's not going to get to that point where he's picking up the phone and calling me, then I don't take it that seriously. That being said, that being said, when you are doing shows with Damon and things start flying, if you don't put names on it, then immediately the conversation is going to be steered to Grant, myself, and Ryan. So I would say if you're not talking about us, you probably should just say it's not about these guys because every time I'm going to hear about it. And it's, it is very annoying that I've got to hear about what Larry's talking about with Damon Bruce. Now, as far as Damon goes, F that dude could care less about him. He's a real life scumbag. You and I have, have an actual relationship and we talk. I don't take it that seriously, but you have to know that every time you talk about it, I'm, I'm going to be thrown into the fray as why is this guy talking behind your back? It's, it's just what's going to happen. Well, I just want you and everybody else to know that I don't control what you say, coach says, Vish says, Grant says, no. Ryan says, Damon says, Damon can say what Damon wants to say. And it's not my job to be his keeper. When I, when I do a show with you, I do a show with you because I like you. I do a show and, but it's not a, it's not a, a, a straight endorsement of every point that you make is now we're in lockstep. We're not a couple. You're not my wife. I'm not your wife. You know what I'm saying? We're not, we're not endorse. I endorse you for your credibility and your channel for your, for its credibility, which is why I work with you. But it should not be an acknowledgement that I agree with every one of your 49er takes grant. And I no. don't agree no, on not. a lot of 49er takes and we just, you know, I, I talk to him every day. We're friends and we're going to be friends. And I've get, you know, I get people who complain when I, when I say, you know, by some people complain if I mention their name, other people complain if I don't cite their name. Um, if I bring up the topic and I lead into this, this gigantic discussion i feel like i owe the people on the other end an explanation if i'm just there when somebody's venting that's on them it's on them if he wants now if it, i i there's limits right if he started bashing you like literally bashing you don't join his channel i'd be like dude he on. did do that he literally did but, that that's why i say he's a scumbag not, and i called him yeah. out for it but, but I mean, that's the only time I don't care about that. Not this time. No, but I mean, you and I are close enough where, I mean, he, he attacks Grant all the time. And I always be like, dude, I like Grant, you know, I'm, and then I get pushed back either way. I get pushed back from the people who do, do like Grant. How could you not challenge this guy? And then I, and then grouped with him and his opinion, even though it's coming out of his orifice, not mine. And then, then I get the, I also get the people that are rah, rah Damon and don't like Grant being like, why are you having Grant on? There's when you, when you, um, you know, col collab with somebody in this, in this forum, you could spend the entire time sitting there handing out a flow chart. He said this, I agree with that. He didn't, he said that I don't agree with this. I kind of agree with this, but he kind of made it seem, you know, I'm not doing streams like that. This is not a sorority house. Um, He's he can speak for himself. If he doesn't like Jesse Naylor, that's on Damon. Um, if he doesn't like Grant Cohn, that's on Damon. I will own everything I say about everybody. 
Ryan and I have had all kinds of beef and he's like, leave my name out of your mouth. I'm fine with that. I'm cool with that. I'm okay with that. I'm, yeah. I'm, I'll, I, I can abide by that. So anytime his name, I could have his name blocked in my chat if I wanted to, but I don't give a shit enough. So I just let people say what they want to say. And his name's in my chat. And when his name comes up and I'm reading a super, I just don't say his name. And, but I, I ultimately, I really don't even have the, even though he said some heinous things to me, I don't really have any real beef with him. And somewhere in this other, in this, in these streams here, in these supers, there's a chat from him saying, you know, come on my show, invite me. You got my number, call me and invite me on your show and see if I turn you down. Um, so, but as far as what you, what I've said to you, what I've said to you is I disagree with the Purdy's the right guy now and not the right guy in the future. We're cool. And I got nothing. And, and, and your name comes up in other chats, you know, as well. And I'll, and I said it last night on the, uh, uh Gammon Brown was in my, my call in show with Kev and you, you came up and I said, look, I fully endorse Jesse's channel. I like Jesse. I like his reasoning. I agree with a lot of his takes. I don't agree with all of them, but you know what? So what? I like him as a person. I think he's a good guy and I am going to continue to stream with him. I don't agree. There's all kinds of things. I really don't agree with Grant on, but you know what? We, we talk it out or we don't, but we just go on, you know? So, um, I don't, I will say this though. I wouldn't want <clears throat> some, I wouldn't want you to think that, Hey, he's going to say one thing to my face and another thing behind my back. But also it's like, I'm a man. You're a man. Damon's a man. If, if, if Damon is just, you know, crushing you on football stuff and you're crushing him on football stuff, I'm going to let you guys work it all out. If he comes on any, stream, I don't say that dude's name. I don't talk yeah. about that. But I mean, this, if he comes on a stream thing. and says, don't anybody follow Jesse and last second sports, I'm going to push back on that, that I yeah. am going to push back on why which he did, which he did do. And you did push back. You and, did. And to me, and there I respect a big that. difference between. F never F with a man's money. I agree. I just kind of, and I, I would never line. tell anybody in here not to listen. If, if Damon's your cup of tea, support him, all content creators, whether I like them or not, whether I'm your cup of tea, I don't care. You know, if, if you, if you enjoy my content, then come over. If you don't, that's fine too. If you like Damon, subscribe to Damon. I would never, ever, 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 Tell anybody not to subscribe to another content creator, but I wouldn't either. And my my personal issue with him that, that is that he has done that, and I think it's that, bush yeah. league. And I, I think do, I agree. It, I agree. You no, know, so I that's it. So that's it. That, I told that's him. Where I I'm said, at. "Hey, look, man, if you're going to be in this pool with all these people, and you are, you have to acknowledge that you're in that pool. In the same way, you wouldn't get on a radio show and be like, "Hey." That show that's on before me sucks ass. And that mm. show that's on after me sucks ass. You wouldn't do that. Why? Because you're somewhat teammates. You're on the same radio station. We're on the same platform. We're doing the same thing. We're talking, you, we're doing YouTube shows and talking about the Niners. We don't, we're, we're not all going to agree, but you have to do it. You, if you're going to disagree, you got to disagree in a respectful, professional way. Now, there's also guy talk where guys rib each other. I get it. Totally I can fine. laugh it off. Brother Bob's going to rip me 19 times. Um, I'm going to laugh it off. 
um, you know, we were doing a, ch a, ch a chat, uh, you know, a stream a month ago and, um, Ryan jumped in and started going at me. I, I can laugh it off, but just be able to laugh it off the same way going the other way. That's all I would say to everybody. So I, if, if all of a sudden I tune into a stream and I hear, you know, Krug said this and can you believe what an idiot? Um, I'm, I'm, I don't care. I mean, I've been doing this way too long. Um, I don't, I'm, I'm, I'm fine. I'm fine. Nobody has to call me. Nobody has to apologize to me. Nobody has to make any amends to me in any way. I'm a big boy. I can handle myself. Brother Bob wants to rip me for my Brandon. Ayuk take that's totally fine. Bring it on. Keep donating. If you start to bring up Felipe Alou from 2005, I'm blocking your ass on Twitter. That's just the way it is because uh, you know, yeah. I just, I don't have I don't have to endure stupidity decades later. And if you're going to drag my name through the mud, I'm I'm going to I've got the right to block you or mute you. I don't want to see it. But you're go for it. Do what you got to do. I mean, you know, seriously. Um don't go at me, don't go at my family, don't go at my sponsors. Be somewhat have some rules or decorum to what you do. But other than that, I'm a big boy. I can handle criticism and I can handle people I wouldn't I would take the popular opinion at every turn if I was really concerned about sensitivities or, you know, people pushing back, I, you know, and, and I, I took a ton of heat last year when I said John Lynch is going to, you know, confirm, you know, he's going to recommit to Brock Purdy and he's going to trade Trey Lance. And it's like I got I got people saying heinous stuff at, to me for months and I just wore it for months. So it's like, you know what? I can, I'm a big boy. I can take it. I can take it. Um, but, but also I'm not going to take the entire stream and, you know, correct everybody's thing unless they cross a line where they went at you professionally, or I felt it was, it was crossed a line and that line's kind of a blurry line, right? Because there's any number of topics, but if it's just about disagreeing about football stuff, then it's fair game. If it ever goes beyond that. I, then I, then I, you know, I have to say something either on the air, off the air or both. So I know that doesn't necessarily clear anything up completely, but that's kind of where I'm coming from. I'm, I'm really not tripping over it when it comes to you. My, my biggest thing is I, I personally am not going to talk about any other content creators on my stream and their takes unless I say their name. And I'm going to put a name on it. And it is so rare. I don't bring people up. I just, I don't care, man. I'm doing my own thing. If you rock with me, you rock with me. If you don't, I don't care. I really could care less. This is the first time I've ever brought his name up. And he deserves it. And, and I brought it up months ago. But he's the type that pokes and pokes and pokes. And tells people not to subscribe to other channels. Does it on a regular basis. And... Frankly, I'm sick of it. Like, don't be Bush League, man. Just you do your own thing. You stay in your lane. We'll stay in our lane. But the moment you start taking it beyond sports takes and telling people to to not, you know, support other people, bro, I don't need this. I, I do this part time. Like, I could walk away tomorrow. <laughs> My house is still paid for. I'm still good. Right. But you do need this. And so I would never, ever, ever in my life say, hey, you know what? Don't. Don't allow that man to feed his family. I just wouldn't do it. So when it happens back to you, 
and then it happens repeatedly and then you're you you are so so chicken shit that you won't even say a name of the person that you're talking about the way that he does dude it's 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 terrible it's absolutely terrible so you know at some point it does get a little bit personal and that's where it's been it's the last time i'm talking about it but i hear you i hear you it it, it just is what it is man yeah so no i hear you i hear you um there are no rules to this game it's more about what kind of code do you live by as a man that's kind of really it and at the end of the day and you guys all you guys um you know in the in the chat and the people who watch you got to kind of decide based on the quality of our content the quality of our dialogue if you know what we're worth or not worth um and all i would say is i feel very confident in putting everything that i stand for as a person whether it was things that i stood for on the radio things that i stood for before i was on the radio or things that i stand for now on on youtube i've got no problem putting it out there it's all there i've never taken down a video i've never taken down content i don't for the most part i don't delete tweets unless i really feel that i made a huge mistake somehow some way um you know and i don't want to war with people i got you know i'm I'm, i i don't like the fact that ryan and i um you know have parted ways i don't um i i'm you know i'm with the same woman that i've been married to forever all my friends from high school and college are still my friends i'm not the kind of person some people do some people uh make friends and make relationships and throw them away and move on to the next thing and they do it easily i'm not in it for that i'm more in it for the long haul and so i'm not like that um but you know it's there's certain lines that if you cross i guess you know you can't attack kev and kev hates it when i defend him but if you attack him in an unprofessional way i i'm gonna i'm going to i'm gonna lash out um and so that's kind of my standard but i also feel like i've done enough hours on here where i feel really confident you can go put on my channel go to the krug show and go watch the thousands and thousands of man hours that I have recorded on this platform and just evaluate it for yourself. Evaluate it for yourself. If you think I'm fair-minded, be with me. If you think I'm some hit piece, cheap shot, dirty, you know, kneecapper, then bolt. Um, and I'm, I respect you either way. I mean, that's, that's really all I can say. And as far as you, Jesse, I hope you know that we've had enough conversations on and off this show and others that my respect for you goes beyond um, whether or not I have a YouTube show or you have a YouTube show. And I feel that way, the same way about Grant, about coach, about Vish, about basically everybody that I, that I stream with. If I didn't, if I felt like you were not somebody that I wanted to associate with, and there are people, I mean, we all know there are people that I streamed with and now no longer associate with. There are lines that you could cross that would make me say, I've had enough. Um, but you're nowhere near that. And I, I really enjoy doing this show every every Thursday with you and Vish and then you and Coach. And and I hope you enjoy it as much. And I, I plan on continuing it. Brother, listen, it, like I said, if it doesn't come across my phone where you have my number, then I'm really not sweating it. So that's what it is. But, you know, I, I did, since it was brought up, I wasn't going to talk about it, but if people, and I saw it running through the whole show when we first started, people want to know what's going on, what's going on, what's going on, whatever. Right. Once it became a super chat and it's brought up, 
let's just address it. Let's get it out of the way. Make sure people know that you and I are fine. But listen, I, I'm going to speak my mind on that other gentleman, I guess I'll call him, which I think is probably more than he deserves if I'm being real with you. But I'm going to speak my mind on him for one time and one time only because he jabs and jabs and jabs and tells people not to do it. No, I'm, I'm done with it, bro. I'm absolutely done with that guy. So yeah. if, it, if never, like I said, sports takes are one thing, but if, if you want to start doing things like that, now you're in somebody's wheelhouse for manhood. Let's talk about that. Like, yeah. let's really talk about that. No, and I agree. I agree. And I have expressed that to Damon. And if he were sitting right here, I would express it right on this chat to him. So, um, you know, I've, I got, I got no issues with any of your points that you've made here. Um, let's, let's try to get this back on the rails. Thank you, brother Bob. Uh, but he's Rob Schneider says my fantasy Super Bowl is Sunday. I need Debo playing. Will Debo play on Sunday? He might, he start. said, he said that he was playing. So I, here's <laughs> okay. First of all, I got to say Rob Schneider, uh, if that's your real name. Is that the Why does your league- Rob Schneider? Yeah, is that the yeah, yeah, SNL yeah, guy? Yeah, yeah. Yes, yeah. If <laughs> I've met why him, actually. he's a very good guy. Why do Why do leagues go to Week 18? I don't understand it. Like the the two week playoff thing, I don't understand in fantasy football, and then the Week 18 thing. So if hopefully you're not the the commissioner and you don't take this personally, but if you are, change it. The Week 18 thing. There's always going to be teams that tank. It's so hard. You could put together a magnificent roster. And then just have it plucked to pieces week 18 and you lose your fantasy league because you didn't have any players to play. I don't get it. First of all, I've never played in a league where they went to week 18. Have you? No. Yahoo doesn't, or at least didn't. I don't know if they still don't, but I'm, I'm, I'm in the consolation bracket and I think I got bumped. But no, I mean, yeah, Niners Worldwide says you can do it. You can do it. He's that guy. (laughs) <laughs> yes. <laughs> Rob Schneider's actually a great guy. He uh used to we used to, I used to go to a, one of the clubs that he owned on on 11th Street in the city. It was called the DNA Lounge. So I'm mm-hmm. there one night. This was an amazing night in the 90s. And they had a band called Groove Line and they sang a lot of like, you know, uh a lot of 70s dance stuff, right? And like, you know, Gloria Gaynor and all that kind of stuff. And it was a great place to go, great drinks. One night, Rob Schneider owned it with Chris Farley, the late Chris Farley. Remember Chris okay. Farley? Yeah, oh yeah, Chris Farley. Chris Farley was one of our oh. favorites. All of a sudden, all of a sudden, uh, you hear the, the 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 music, the music, the DJ scratches the record, and Chris <laughs> Farley jumps on the stage, and he's like, they were playing uh, Gloria Gaynor, "I Will Survive," and he and he gets into his character from SNL, the the um, uh, motivational speaker. And oh he's yeah. Like, he goes, I will survive in a van <laughs> down by the river. And the place went so crazy. Man, those those guys had fun. Farley, man. Gosh, uh, Farley was one of the young. best. He I'd was so young. good. So good. And Chris Farley's brother was uh, at Second City for years and years in Chicago. Uh, which is an awesome comedy, kind of like an SNL, but it's on it's on the north side on I think Division, um, and it's just an all. If you ever get to Chicago, go check out Second City. Fish yes. and Chips is LK excellent in the locker and presser, but okay. Well, I'm not sure what your butt is. Tina's got a big old butt. Shane Cooley says I like <laughs> the idea of our snub players 
having something to be pissed about in the playoffs. Seriously, I was thinking about that as well. And somebody else said that to me. It was like, hey, you know what? Some of these guys, they live for the chip on their shoulder and maybe being denied the Pro Bowl might not be the worst thing. I don't know. I mean, how long? I mean, pro athletes are always looking for some sign of disrespect as a motivational tool. If that, if, if Greenlaw or Ayuk or anybody wants to use, you got snubbed for the Pro Bowl as some motivator, God bless you, right? I mean, come on. Whatever, Anything, hey, whatever, whatever slight, takes. whatever edge, whatever, anything you can pull. If this if this frustrates you and, and this makes you want to be better, by all means, use all the motivation you can get. Uh, the Ryan G. Hensley Show, member for seven months. A little clap there, member for you. He says, Larry, come on my show. Ryan, this... This is a phone. See it? It's got, I've got the flashlight on because it's kind of dark in my studio. Um, this is a phone. Call me, bro. You want it? You want me on your show? Call me. I'll come on. You got to remember this. I never blocked you. You blocked me and my kid. If you want me on your show, pick up the phone, call me and invite me or, or text me. I'll show up. I always do. Every time you've invited me, I've been on. Fish and chips is like Hensley. Respect for fans. Knowledge zero. What? Wait, wait. Am I reading that wrong? Like Hensley. Respect for fans. Knowledge zero. Oh, come on. You're saying I don't respect fans. Knowledge. I do. I absolutely do. Brother Bob says I would let it go once you admit you were wrong about BA. He didn't even make the Pro Bowl. All I said was I was disappointed that he had two touchdowns after eight weeks. What's there to be wrong about? It was an opinion about being disappointed. Gammon Brown. Nug, Nug one. If anyone plays League of Legends on hashtag NA. These guys, you guys yeah. are so funny. You guys go off on your own random. It's like you'll get a, a, a super chat and then somebody is else that? is talking. I have no idea. And then they just go back and forth. I love it. I'm, I'm Gavin so was just on I'm last so night. Oh, He's Gavin. saying if people play League of Legends, that's his his uh, his name, I think, on League of Legends. But I don't know what the NA is. So I'm not sure. Okay. Daza says, why is rust an issue? Can't they practice during this time off? They do <laughs> practice and will will practice. I, I just I can't even believe we're even discussing the idea of rust. This isn't baseball. There's no, it's, you're practicing the same way you always practice. You're just not subjecting yourself to hits. I, I go look at the numbers too. the teams that get that rest. I, I think the, re, I mean, I would love to know what do you think's more important, the rest or home field? Would you rather have the bye week mm. and play on the road? Or would you rather have play at home, but no bye week? I think I think at this point, when you've been playing football and banging heads since training camp, I think that rest means almost more than the venue. What do you think? Yeah, it's interesting because I've I've brought this up as well. I mean, obviously, anybody who's been watching football as of a couple of years ago remembers two teams used to get the bye. So if the number one seed got to choose, I think it would be interesting. Would the number one seed choose the rest? 
in the buy or would they choose home field advantage if they could only get one and then the number two seed would get whatever they didn't choose right so meaning the number one seed would get the the home field advantage until they played the number two seed and then the number two seed would be at home i think that would be interesting i think it would be team by team i think the 49ers would take the rest because they're not afraid to go anywhere the their brand of football does travel so i think that they wouldn't be afraid to go anywhere uh as far as rest goes though this is a team that is a little bit older and we've seen them slow down at the around the five six week mark and then kind of again hit a little bit of a lull before picking it back up against washington it they can use the rest so i think they would choose rest as far as rust it it has been a thing Presumably. I mean, you look at the Ravens a couple years ago. They were the clear favorite against Tennessee. They got beat after resting. You've seen teams like the San Diego Chargers with Phillip Rivers at the helm go through the same thing. So some of these teams that were the number one seeds did lose when they were heavy favorites. But those teams that happen to lose usually are the same ones that are resting the final week plus taking the bye week. The teams that play don't really run into the rest and rust issue. But I am curious to the numbers. Either way, if you're the number one seed, you are the heavy favorite in your first playoff game. I got to imagine that if you sat out the final week of the regular season and then took the bye week, you probably still won a majority of your games because you're simply the better team. You know what would make things so juicy? is mm -hmm. if the number one seed, forget the seedings, could okay. pick their opponent. That would add some serious juice. Could you imagine if you picked and then lost? Of course. Oh, not only that, that would it, be it, great. You, in some ways, you know the way players are and coaches are. They would hate that. They would hate that. They never oh, want yeah. to incite their opponent. But could you imagine how much more juice there would be if all of a sudden it was like, and the Niners are the number one seed in the NFC, and the Ravens are the number one seed in the AFC, and you could strategically, maybe you picked a team that was good but had an injured player that you didn't want to face later on. Let's um, let's go down this for a second. Who, if if that was the thing, and you could pick for the 49ers, who are you picking? I want to see if we pick the same team out of okay. the teams that are in the playoffs right now. So Tampa's in there, the Eagles are in there, the Rams are in there, Green Bay's in there, and then we know the lions in in Dallas. So of those teams, who are you, who are you taking? Gosh, um, I would take, I, I would take Tampa. Would They've you? Already okay. Beaten Tampa. Yeah. But if I didn't take Tampa, I'd take Dallas. Really? Oh, I don't, okay. I don't, I fear Detroit, That's a good one, Philly and the Rams more than Dallas. The Niners have ownership on Dallas, but I would definitely take Tampa. Uh, but even that would, I wouldn't want to be in that position because why would you want to incite your opponent? Now you've got like a motivated, you know, I mean, it, but it would add juice. It would add juice. Yeah. Don't you think yeah, I mean, it would? The I Niners would take, chose this team and lost. Yeah, I, I would. Uh, I would take. I would probably take Tampa as well. But after that, it would be the Eagles. It would be the Eagles. <laughs> See, that's another one. That's another one. It's like, I can't really decide what the Eagles are. 
Are the yeah. Eagles the team that was in the NFC Championship game and they just kind of hit a rough patch at the end of the year and they can get back to that point? Or are the Eagles the team that could not beat the Arizona Cardinals uh, last week at home? And Jordan Davis, you saw Baldinger calling Jordan Davis out of shape and they had, don't have a great secondary. Their pass D is kind of bad. Their linebackers mm-hmm. can be exposed. But Philly's got an awful lot of I don't know, man. You're asking, you know, Hertz and Devonte and AJ Brown and Dallas Goddard and really good offensive line. Two future Hall of Famers, maybe three. I don't know, man. I, I, I. If somebody else knocks off Philly, I'd be very happy. I'll be happy when Philly's gone. I, I, I definitely be Tampa, but I, I don't. I, Dallas to me is the one. I think the Niners own Dallas. Philly. I think Dallas doesn't believe that they can beat the Niners. Yeah, Philly is. Uh... I don't I just I think they're shot, man. I think they're absolutely shot. But we'll see. We'll see. I know. A lot of people feel that way. A lot of people feel that way. Paul Sassenberger, do you guys plan on coming out to Vegas if the Niners go to the Super Bowl? Kevin, you I gotta be there. That. You gotta be there. We you get press passes, man. You gotta go. You have to go. Gosh. I, I might even want to go, even if I didn't stay for the game. Mm. You know what I mean? I just to be just, around it. Just to be there during that week and the parties and all the festivities. I mean, Vegas is a that would be fun. I mean, Vegas for five days and then get on a get on a plane and fly home, watch the game at home. I uh, took in 2019 in Miami because I had just moved to Tampa the year prior, and Miami's like a four and a half hour drive. So I went and stayed there the week of the game and then watched the Super Bowl in Miami. It was good. Yeah. If you haven't done it, I would say definitely. You, you were in Miami for Niners Niners uh, KC. Yeah, I wasn't at the game, but I was in Miami taking everything in, and and yeah, it was a it was a good part, time. I mean, like New Orleans would be a great place to go. For, I yeah. mean, definitely worth going. Here's the here's the question, and this is I I know I don't know how you feel about this. Do you feel that you have a better viewpoint of the game? Because I mean, if you, if the Niners are in the Super Bowl, man, you want the best viewpoint you can possibly have, right? Is, do you feel like you have a better viewpoint on the game sitting on the 50-yard line at the game or on the couch? Big screen TV. Replays. And I mean, you get replays in the stadium, too. Yeah, but, you know, you, you can't hear it. You don't get the analysis unless you're listening to the radio, I guess. Which is kind of nice. I would say if you're, like, 50-yard line and you're up a little bit, if you're down there, I mean, the players are so tall, sometimes you can't really see, like, make out what's going on. But if you're up a little bit, maybe, like, the first row of the second level or or kind of back, back near that first level, I think that's the way to go because you still get the replays in the stadium, but you really get to see everything play out in front of you. I mean, that's why the all 22 is so important, right? Because you, you form this opinion based off of what you see on TV. And, and I, I mean, there's been uh, thousands of times it feels like where I really thought I knew what happened in a play. You watch the replay, you watch the replay, you think you have it figured out. And then you see the all 22 and you're like, didn't know that guy was over there. Had no idea that that was happening. So, you or know, you didn't you just, see the guy fall down. Yeah. I fell down on yeah. the back end. I'll, I'll say this from just working in football and, and watching the coaches copy the sideline, what they call sideline wide end zone mm-hmm. wide. And if you get the combo film, you get every play twice, right? You get the sideline wide. Then here it comes from the end zone wide. Then it's the next play. Mm-hmm. I would love, and I think it's the future of football television. At some point, we're all going to be able to pick what everything we want. Do you want, 
Because, like, for me, I don't need 75 goddamn close-ups of Nick Sirianni's face. I don't. I just don't. That's a waste yeah. of time. I don't care that much about Nick Sirianni or yeah, Shanahan or any of these guys. There's a reason <laughs> that people obsess on the quarterback and the head coach. It's because uh, television copy shows you the play and then a close-up of the quarterback, of the yeah. play, and then a close-up of the head coach. I would, If I could have what I wanted, I would like to have the announcers and sideline wide and 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 yeah. replays and replays on end zone wide. So like if a run play, you know, you know, somebody gashes somebody, give me the end zone wide angle on it and give me the sideline wide. If I could pick my own broadcast, I would go sideline wide and eliminate the close-ups. I don't need the close-ups. Um, I think the close-ups are about, I don't know what it's about really the drama or the soap opera, but it's not about football. That's for sure. Uh, if you yeah. could pick any angle to watch the game, what would you, cause like, I, I, I don't really feel like I've seen it when I'm at the game, I come home and I want to watch the TV copy because I've seen the coverage, but I don't hear any of the analysis and I'm not getting the replays and I'm also not getting the real close-ups. So I'm on the binoculars, but even then I got to choose. Do I want to hone in on the line of scrimmage or do I want to, you know, hone in on the perimeter? I usually hone in on the line of scrimmage, but I don't really that, feel like I've seen line. the game until I go home and watch it on TV. Yeah. That, that sideline, that sideline view to me, like that bird's eye view where you can kind of see it all from the sideline. That's the one, that's the one for me because sideline even when wide. you get, yeah, when you get the end zone wide, I still feel like there's some things that that you're not picking up on in the trenches. Like you can you can kind of see the back end of the trenches, but you don't know what's going on on the other side. I feel like that sideline wide is where you see it all. You really see it all. If you, if people also saw the sideline wide and the end zone wide, you everybody would have a much better um, feeling for why teams don't go for it more on fourth down. Because the spacing is just, it's just very difficult to make a big play and and gash somebody for more than, you know, more than seven or eight yards. Uh, especially if they know you've got to commit, you got to complete a you know a pass for a first down. Those windows are tight. It's not easy. Um, okay, let's go to the next one here. Brian says, "Love your channel. Smash the like button. Doesn't this give Shanahan plenty of time to install and practice?" new offensive deployment. Well, it absolutely does. I'll tell you, I saw a college um, uh, punt return the other day um, where it was, a, it was basically that the coach had devised um, a total deke. Like they, they had two punt returner. They had a guy, the punt returner faked like it was a punt return from the left sideline. And in reality, uh, the guy caught the punt on the other side of the field and had like a 60-yard return to the 20 because everybody fell for the fake because they went with the punt returner. And the guys who are running down, can't, they, they know what direction it's supposed to go, but they're reacting to the punt returner. So if the punt returner moves 20 feet to the left and starts looking up, they're going to hone in on him. Mm -hmm. And if the punt actually goes to the right, so it's like I always wondered, man, why wouldn't you take this extra time and devise something elaborate, uh, but they're very conservative. Coaches are very conservative in nature. They don't really try to do too much. 
I well, and once you get to the playoffs, everybody pretty much knows what's going to happen for the most part. You may get a, a trick play here or there, but it's really it's it's lining up. It's your best versus our best. Who's better? You yeah. know what's going to happen. I know what's going to happen for the most part. Who can execute? And that's what it comes down to. You know, then there's the, the other one on the punt return that's great is when you have the wedge and the wedge sets deep and right in front of the punt returner and, or the, let's say the kickoff returner, I should say. And all of a sudden you got two guys emerging from the wedge acting like they have the ball running in different directions. Somebody's going to go with the fake. You know, if anything, you know, I mean, I, it's, it's, you know, I'm, I'm surprised they don't try to fool each other more. It's almost like a code where they just say, ah, we're just going to play it straight. Mm. Master any crash is the pro bowl should be two weeks after the super bowl, or it should be played in the spring. Well, you can't play it in the spring. <laughs> Could you imagine months later, here comes the pro bowl, but I do, I'm, maybe I'm old school, but I like the pro bowl. First of all, there's no reason to ever play any football game without intensity. So I'm cool with them eliminating the pro bowl. The pro bowl should be a designation. I, I, I to me, the way they're doing the pro bowl now is fine, but it should be after the season. And if you shouldn't be penalized that you don't get to go to the pro bowl with your family and kids in Honolulu or wherever they're going to have it, because they're going to play it between the NFC championship game and the AFC championship game in the super bowl, play that thing when the season's done, it's an exhibition now it's not even a real game. It's a just kind of a paid vacation. Don't take the guys who are on the Super Bowl teams and make them miss the paid vacation, right? I always felt like it seemed like a great, cool gift for the and the you know the guys who the season was over. I mean, it's I don't know. I like it after the year. Yeah, after the year, I think because the Super Bowl players don't get to play in it, of course, you know. So that's. That's kind of a bummer. That's and that's why you have to have so many alternates, by the way. But I don't know. It, it whatever. It's okay. It's the Pro Bowl. The other, I'm going. My kid to the loves Pro the Pro Bowl. My though. son loves it, so I'm my, taking him. But that, my kid uh, loves the Pro Bowl. Your kid loves the Pro Bowl. Yeah, it's a kid's game. That's true. You know, I always used to joke that real football skill challenges when I was a kid, though. Like Steve, you'd get Steve Young and Aikman and all oh, these yeah. guys, and then Mark yeah. Brunel. And then they would do the they would throw at the targets down the field with the blue chalk on the end yeah. of the ball. I love that. Love oh, that it. Was, I love that too. Um, and it really shows how accurate some of the best accurate throwers are. Um, I, I I definitely I would I would definitely like the Pro Bowl after the year, but it's a it's a kids game. I always used to joke on the radio because it's the same day as the Senior Bowl that the real football fans are watching the Senior Bowl, but. You know, then that also rubbed people wrong. Uh, Brother Bob says Will Smith would say, "Keep my name out of your mouth." Yeah, Chris Rock should have hit Will Smith. That was ridiculous. Yeah. yeah. Can you imagine that? Somebody comes up on stage and smacks you for nothing. Uh, should have been a little retaliation there. Matthew Sanders, nails don't sweat them. Small minds have small minds. There you go. No, I'm not tripping. I'm just saying, like, you take a shot of my manhood, like. Let's let's figure that out then. Let's see how that goes for you. <laughs> That's where I'm at with it. Purdy Prophet, you take shots like a sorority chick, though. Well, there you go. There's your opinion. Uh, Brother Bob, Purdy's pimp, you're way nicer and calm with Grant. Be real. Um, I we Grant and I just don't really get into anything besides football. That's really the real thing. And also, we Grant and I see each other. 
th- two, three days a week. And we, we can hash things out face to face. And I feel like if the, I'm a face to face guy, uh, I, I like to hash things out face to face. Keith Murphy says, I can speak, speak on Jesse. I have minimal subs now and I appreciate your support. Jesse, uh, go Niners. I think he meant speak, right? Yeah. Speak. Yeah. Yeah. He's talking about his channel. I, I appreciate you, man. You've always supported me, but yeah, I mean, you ask anybody, I, I support the community. I, I don't just talk about it. It's not just fluff. Like I go out of my way and try to support people because people support me and I appreciate it. Seriously. Everybody's got to start somewhere. Um, I want on everybody's channel that ever asked me to go on for like a year and a half until it just got overwhelming. And then yeah, I, now you, I kind of yeah. pick and choose a little bit, but I still try to go on as many channels as possible just because, Hey, you know what? We all start at the bottom. And it takes a while to build these things up. And I'll say this. I admire the people who go and do this because, as you know, Jesse, and as anybody who does this knows, this is a grind. And we got to lift each other up on some level because even though we're all doing it for fun and we're having fun, it still doesn't change the fact that this is a grind. Uh, Italian Niner underscore Vito member for two months. Faithful, faithful loves you, Jesse. Keep up the great work. Appreciate you. Keith Murphy says, thank you, Jesse, for popping on my live with like four people meant a lot to me. See, that's what I'm talking about. Means a lot to me that you're here all the time, Keith. So thank you. You know, I mean, that's, that's really cool. Was that this week or recently or was that way back? Uh, yeah. A couple nights ago. Yeah, couple nights that's, ago. that's cool. Fish and Chips says, Jesse has more cred than all 49er content creators on YouTube, period. Look at that. Fish and Chips, very much a fan. Thank you. Uh, Frank Tom Ocean, LK, Grant, and Jesse Rock, DB is the worst, though. That's the, you know, that's the kind of the beauty of this thing. Um, I feel like, unlike television or radio, where it's very confined, we're here a lot, and it's a little bit more organic. So you can kind of decide for yourself who you like, who you don't like, who you respect, who you don't respect, who's fronting and doesn't really have knowledge, who can't back it up, who can speak off the cuff, who can't, whose points are consistent. I used to say all the time, anybody could be awesome on the radio for a day, for a week. Can you be good for months and years? Can you have some, some, I don't know, code that you, that, so you're not just contradicting yourself daily. I think over time, I think people get found out on this thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, brother Bob says Purdy's profit. And that's what I'm calling it from now on being on with DB. You're supporting his stupidity. Uh, him and I go way, way, way back. And there's a lot to it. Uh, brother Bob says, yeah, I've told you, I like Kev way more than you. <laughs> okay. Well, he's not going to talk bad about Kevin. That's good. <laughs> I bet you he'd be a lot more hot if he was actually talking bad about Kevin than he was you. If it makes you feel better, I like Kevin more than me too. Keith yeah. Murphy says both you gentlemen are Republicans people. I don't rock with everybody. My opinion may differ on some of your takes, but both of you always are genuine in my opinion. That's the that's other the thing. thing. Genuine, man. That's yeah, it. That, that's the other thing, too. It's like the one thing you're not going to hear on my channel, you know, politics, 
race, religion. Not that I don't have opinions on everyone, all those things like everybody else. But you know what? You're here because sports. You're here because the same reason I'm here. Sports is a diversion. Is the outlet, yeah. From that, you know what yeah. I mean? And it's like I I I did a lot of radio shows with people who ne- didn't understand that, and they constantly wanted to talk about those other topics. And I'd say, hey, you know what? People are coming to us because they're running away from that dialogue. Um, can we at least give them a safe haven where we can just, we may disagree. It may even get juicy, but can we at least just talk about sports? Um, and that's the way I used to like to run my radio show. And that's, if you, if you know my channel, you know, I don't talk about those other topics on here and, and I do it for a reason. It's not accidental. Uh, 69ers. Larry is like a father figure to me. I'm 69. Thank you. Uh, Great. I'm like a much older father figure. I don't know. If, I, I don't know if I ever told you this one time. My father was my late father was in the hospital. He was very sick, Jesse. And, um, he looked terrible. Absolutely terrible. Right. I mean, he had tubes coming out <laughs> and the nurse, like, I'll, I'll walk you to his room. And I'm like, okay, I'm a little scared. Cause I'm afraid to see my dad in this shape and I don't want to burst into tears. And she, <laughs> As she's, as we're walking to his room, she's like, is this your, she goes, is he your, is he your brother? I said, my brother. <laughs> I, mean, I almost lost it right there. I'm like, he was born in 1937. I was born in 1970. My, my brother. Oh man. I'm like, I know I didn't, I don't look the greatest today, but come on. My yeah. brother. She's like, yeah. oh, I'm, so, I'm so sorry. Uh, that, that was the one that killed me. John Chisari says, love the Niner content you guys provide. I agree with how Kyle is handling week 18, get healthy and get after it come January. Yeah. Larry Ayuk is earning the big deal. No doubt. No doubt. Great player. Yeah. Joe. He is a great player and, and he's a much better player in my opinion, top to bottom, like than Puka Nakua. Uh, Nakua's had a phenomenal rookie year. Don't get me wrong. But Nakua knows how to sit in a soft spot in a zone and catch ball after ball after mm. ball after ball after ball. He doesn't have the skill set of Brandon Ayuk. He doesn't run across the middle and make these amazing catches uh, and take huge monster hits. He doesn't have that ability to block tenaciously like a like a like a tight end down the field. He doesn't have the ridiculous long arms that he play. He stands six one, but he plays six four. I mean, there's so he doesn't run the same kind of courageous routes and cross the middle without ever flinching. I mean, Ayuk is better than Puka. That's the other reason that it kind of bugs me that that Ayuk's not a Pro Bowler and Puka is. He's just better. I mean, I love Puka and I would have loved the Niners to grab him, but he Puka is a possession receiver. Ayuk is much more than that. I mean, that's how I see it. I don't know how you yeah, see it. Yeah, you get, you get like the Welkers and the Edelmans and Cooper Cup. They, they're good. They're very good. But when people start throwing them in the top five, it's like, are they really that? I mean, they put up a lot of accumulative numbers, which is awesome. But if you're drafting wide receivers to be your number one guy, are you drafting those guys ahead of? You know, the Devontae Adams, the Jeffersons, the Chases. No, I'm not. So I agree. Uh, 
we got a few more here. Keith, the unbeaten. I miss Farley and Bernie Mac, my faves. Mm, yeah, Bernie Mac yeah. gone way too early. I just saw that Mr. 3000 like, a couple weeks ago. I love Bernie Mac. <laughs> Green glass full. <laughs> did you ever see Mr. 3000? Yeah, yeah, I did. He gets 3000 hits, and then they realize yeah. that he doesn't have 3000 hits. He's got to get in shape. Yeah. Uh, he would that I, one of my favorites green glass full brother bob is a troll what is the controversy it's easy to see how weak and silly pundits like cone etc are it's not rocket science all right whatever everybody's got their opinion niner mm -hmm. niner bang brock purdy number one uh number one yard in season then garcia oh number one passing yards in wow. a single season over Jeff Garcia, easy achievement. Easy achievement? Question mark. Well, if I would it was say easy. It would have been broken forever ago. I, what I will say is, no, no, two. is, I don't think it's an impressive. The stat isn't impressive in today's NFL. It was like the 132nd best season in passing yards, right? And somehow the Niners, who have all these great quarterbacks, they were like 26th as far as their franchise record. But what is impressive is that Purdy did it in year two. And that this record was there for as long as it was. How? I don't know. But Purdy doing it in year two, you got to give him his kudos for that. But the number itself, compared to other teams' records, eh, not that impressive. It's not. So, you know, several of these offensive records have to be, it, I mean, I don't want to say that they're not worthy of being celebrated, but let's let's at least provide the context of there have been it's several rules changes um, in in the NFL in the last 15 years, all of them have favored offense. So mm -hmm. just factor that in. I mean, Joe Montana got absolutely knocked out by Leonard Marshall and was gone for like two years. Yeah. Um, that, you know, that couldn't happen today. And that, that mm -hmm. kind of a hit is not even allowed today. So it's just... Yeah. It's a different game. It's a different game for sure. Not to take anything away from anybody. Brock Purdy's had a great year. I mean, we'll, no, we'll, no, no. Well, and and again, let me be clear. What Brock Purdy, Brock Purdy doing it in year two, very impressive for Brock. I'm just saying the the fact that that record stood for as long as it did is not impressive because the number overall is not that impressive for a franchise record is what I'm saying. But for Brock to do it year two on the amount of attempts. I mean, come on, man. That's pretty dangerous. God knows they've had some disaster quarterbacks, too, through the years. Yeah. We've all, you know, suffered through it. Niner, Niner, bang. Um, I just, he just do that one again. Yeah, he did it again. Niner, Niner, bang, BP, number one in yards in the season. Then Garcia, easy achievement. Yeah. Uh, so, hey, thanks for uh, the donation. Twice. We'll answer it again. I was yeah, kidding. There you go. Uh, Brother Bob, didn't you say Brandon Ayuk <laughs> had many drops, not open, won't get not what is it not open won't get cash is that is that a cash bag yeah i think so you know how they define drops and not what are dro not drops i mean i'm thinking of balls that hit him in the hands that he didn't catch now some of those are deemed drops some of those are not deemed drops and um i don't know exactly i would say the actual drop number should be higher than the recorded drop number. To me, th when the ball hits you in the hands, you should catch it if you're a receiver. Uh, but there are several of the balls that hit him in the hands that he didn't catch that aren't actually considered drops in the statistical way. So that's how we got to a different different agreement or different uh, yeah. uh, understanding of what drops were.
Green glass full cannot stand you either, Jesse. <laughs> Listen, brother. We, no, no, no. I, he has something here because I've said that about him. But my thing is, is you're like hiding behind a picture that is not of you. Nobody knows who you are. And you come into chats and spew like the most outlandish personal stuff. So feelings very mutual, Green Glassful. Very mutual. Uh, Keith Murphy, the unbeaten, says of any NFC team, IDGAF, Jesse, LOL. You don't care. Yeah, yeah. yeah no, I don't. I don't. Why would you? The 49ers. All right. I'm going to present this scenario to you real quick, Larry. What's he saying here? Can you define this? I don't, I don't give a, I don't give, I don't a give F, an F yeah. of any NFC team. I don't give an F Jesse. LOL. Yeah. I, I think what he's saying is my point was earlier that I just don't care about any of these teams. Like, I don't think that any of them are a serious threat to the 49ers. So I found it interesting that the 49ers after losing to the Ravens were still the Super Bowl favorite. But when I really started to parse it out and think it through, it made a ton of sense because you look at the path to the Super Bowl. The 49ers should go through the NFC pretty easily. But if I said, hey, the Browns make it to round two and they beat the Ravens, you're like, yeah, that was an upset, but you wouldn't be, I don't think you would be overly shocked. You're like, well, they got a good defense. Joe Flacco's playing out of his mind. It is a division game, third time playing. You Last time the Ravens scenario. were the number one seed and Lamar was the MVP, they got bounced in the yeah. first round. Yeah, yeah. So you can see them losing, or or if Josh Allen got hot or Patrick Mahomes at the right time, you could see them losing. So the path to the Super Bowl, I think, is much more clear for the 49ers, in my opinion. And that's how you can look at the 49ers and say, yeah, they're the favorites, even though they lost to the Ravens a couple weeks ago, because they're more likely to get there just based off of who they're going to play. Who do you think is the toughest team in the NFC for the Niners? Rams, just because. Wow. Uh, Think about that. Division game and Stafford's the only elite quarterback in the, the NFC, in my opinion. I think I would agree. I think it's the Rams. I thought it was Detroit, but Detroit's like 23rd in the NFL in pasty. Now, if the if the Lions get Chauncey Gardner Johnson back, and I think they're going to, maybe they get better there. But um, I would say Rams too. The Rams yeah. can score thirty. That's scary, because that means um, one or two bad bounces turnover wise, and they can beat you. They can score thirty. Those weapons they have are legit. Kyron's legit. The tight ends legit. The old line's better than it was. Stafford is really good. Puka and Cup are unbelievable. Um, Tutu's a burner of the highest order. Rams are scary. If the Rams get a defense, the Rams are going to be the number one contender to the Niners in the next in the next few years. They, well, they've, they've got about forty million dollars. They got all their draft picks. I mean, they can get there pretty quick. Yeah. They can. It's scary. People have said, "Ah, oh, it's Seattle." I don't think so. I think it's Rams. I think I've got more respect for McVay and less need. Fish and chips. Do you agree with JTO about uh, Debo's effort off the ball? I, you know, Kev sent me the uh, JTO Sullivan uh, quarterback school, uh, the latest on Purdy, and I haven't, I haven't gone through it yet. I'm going to go through it later. Um, is in the latest one? Is he? Did you see it? Did is he making a point about Debo's effort off the ball? 
I haven't seen his latest one, but he does often talk about Debo. Yeah, he does. Does he say that his effort off the ball is not good? Yeah, I, I think that it's kind of a known thing. I mean, there are times that you can point to where he, he does show a lot of effort and does block well, but he talked about it. He He even said his effort off the ball wasn't great. And then Shanahan addressed it this year. So it's not like this unknown thing. I mean, the team has talked about it openly, even this season. So it is one of those things that he's got to improve in. That's that's where that's where I think Ayuk separates. Both are are great in their own right, but Ayuk is tenacious. I mean, Debo breaks CMC a long one. Ayuk is always blocking for him. CMC breaks a long one. Ayuk is always blocking for him. I can't say the same for Ayuk. If if Ayuk breaks a long one, yeah. Well, I'm saying yeah, yeah. If if Ayuk breaks a long one, the Debo is not necessarily the one that's opening the floodgates. I'm not saying it doesn't ever happen, but most of the time he's he's not the catalyst that's blocking deep downfield. And you know that can be a little disappointing when you look at BA give all the effort in the world the way that he does, but. On the flip side, Debo also plays a bit of running back. And how much of a toll does that take on your body? You know, how many car crashes can you get in a game? How you have to kind of decide, all right, well, when I get the ball, I play a physical brand. I really can only get into 10 car crashes a game. I can't be blocking downfield every single time either. I just don't have it in me. So it is a give and take. Um, Shanahan describes CMC as the best player he's ever seen away from the ball without the ball in his hands. So I wonder if he's celebrating that as a motivator to Debo to, hey, be like that. But I will say this. I really feel like if the Niners got into a big playoff game, you win, you move on, you lose, you go home. The Super Bowl. I think the receivers on the Niners block for the backs, and I think the backs on the Niners block for the receivers. Mm. Um, I haven't seen a blatant, you know, nothing like what George Pickens did the other day where he jumped out of the way and he looked like he had total disdain for blocking. Um, Debo's got the ta- got the bulk and the ability to do it. Is he as passionate about uh, it as Ayuk and, and CMC? Um I would probably say no, but I'd have to watch more film to actually sit there and say definitively. And I haven't studied that, but I, I, I will sometimes watch. too. I will start he doesn't carry that. He doesn't carry out his his fakes. Sometimes uh, is really where JTO I've seen in the past talk about it, where you kind of get those orbit screens uh, or potential orbit screens, and you know he's, he's kind of jogging through it knowing he's not going to get the ball and so the defense doesn't key on him the way that they maybe could if he would sell it a little better so i think that's some of the stuff he's talking about as well beats and meets says i saw a stat that said um teams who had the first round by and rested their quarterback on the last game of the regular season of those teams only 3 reached the super bowl and only one team won the super bowl the chiefs mm. against the niners hmm, that is interesting interesting but I wonder how many times it's happened, though, too. You know, yeah, that's the it other can't part. be a big number. It can't be a big number, but yeah. that is interesting. I, I, I have no problem. I'm, I have no problem with the Niners' decision to do that. Um, John Chisari says, boy, I don't care who the 49ers play. If they're healthy, nobody in the NFC holds a candle to the 49ers. Whip ass, take names, win the Super Bowl. I agree. I kind of agree with that, too. Beats, Beats and Meats says it's happened eight times. So they've won the Super Bowl once. So then I'll I'll say on the flip side, out of the 57 Super Bowls that have been played, 
you've got maybe two or three that have been won by backup quarterbacks. So that's the risk, right? You <laughs> you can't lose Purdy and and expect Sam Darnold to come in and win a Super Bowl. You really you really need him if you're going to try to win one. So you know you just got to figure it out. Shanahan's reasoning is solid. He played well in Jacksonville yeah. after. To me, the other thing with Purdy is I thought the best arm strength that Purdy showed this year was in the Jacksonville game. And if that's that extra arm strength to a guy that has arm strength that's not at the top of the tier um, maybe matters. And I would like to see him with increased arm strength. I also think Brock Purdy is such a studious, devoted player, and he's so about football that he's not going to slack off during this time. Um, no. And so what you're really just protecting him from are the hits. And yeah. he's such a kind of a wannabe tough guy. And I'm not saying he's not tough, but he's a smaller bodied guy mm -hmm. um, that you're almost protecting him from himself. He's willing to take hits that he shouldn't be willing to take. I mean, he took a few in this in this commander's game. Remember that one that he threw out of bounds on the sidelines in the first half? Um, he took a hit there. Uh, uh, you know, he got thrown to the ground and took a hit. And he took that hit just for what? For no reason at all. So he's yeah. the kind of guy that takes more hits than he probably should take just because he's. Yeah, I, you he's just to clear it up, too, because, I mean, you got to be in the locker room. I'm, what you meant was he is a tough guy, but he's got a small frame. And so you do have to protect him from himself. Yeah, he's not. I don't know about durability. He's like more willing to take on hits than mm -hmm. he probably should. Let's just say that. Well, that's a lot of the 49ers, though. Really? Yeah. Oh, Kittle. I mean, look at Kittle. Kittle took that terrible hit in the Ravens game to the to the Kahami, and and he went out for one play. He's like, I'm yeah. back in. You know, that's their yeah, culture. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sixty yeah. Nineers says, "What was the moment you fell in love with football?" Ooh, for me, um, you know, it's hard to say, but I would say I watched the su first Super Bowl I ever watched was Super Bowl Eleven, Raiders beating the Vikings, and I think it was uh, Jack Tate or uh, Jack Tatum or. Uh, or, or George Atkinson blowing up Sammy White in the middle of the field. That was a great moment. Um, but I would probably say Super Bowl thirteen when the Cowboys beat the Steelers 35-31, or when the Steelers beat the Cowboys 35-31, and it was just an epic Staubach, Bradshaw, Stallworth, Swan, incredible, you know, uh, Jack Ham, Jack Lambert, Hollywood Henderson, Bradshaw, I mean, just it seemed larger than life. I would say Super Bowl thirteen was that moment for me. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, the moment for me was. I mean, I was probably four, five. <laughs> My dad was a huge 49er fan. And so I just remember watching him cheer for the 49ers. And I didn't really get, I mean, I was young. I didn't get the concept yet. And I remember. I thought the 49ers were, were playing because a red team was playing. It, it was actually Kansas City. And I was rooting for them. I'm like, yeah, go 49ers. And my dad correcting me, like, no, that's not the 49ers. You know, I'll show you the 49ers when, when they're playing type of thing. And so for me, that memory will always be there as to like the first time that I actually cared about football. And it was because my dad was a fan. And then obviously I developed the fandom as well. So, you know, for me, and I think a lot of people, really can pin their father or father figure being a fan and that's how you became a fan and so i think a lot of people can probably resonate with that yep yep uh the coach is in the house what's up coach 
Uh, if I had it my way, I'd take the wide view, one commentator, mm. a former player, back tight view for run plays, Enron's wide view for replays, done. The entire NFL would be seen in a different light. Um, that that's you know it's you know I, it's so funny we're talking about different broadcasts and different mm-hmm. points of view. Someday I really believe we'll all be able to choose, and there will be like standard th- fare that you'll be able I to choose. I think we're there. I think we're. I want to say that you, you can, can now, or or well, you uh, can on the MLB coming up close yeah. on the MLB baseball app. You can pick your. Do you want television announcers, radio announcers? Do you want home radio, road mm-hmm. radio? Road television, ro- home television. So on their thing, you can't. I'll tell you, did you watch any of, uh, I was talking to Sam Womack today about Toledo against Wyoming in the whatever bowl that was. Did you yeah. watch that game at all? It no. was, and the only reason I asked, because it was the Barstool broadcast. And Barstool, I actually turned it on and they had the big Barstool thing at the 50. I was like, God, oh, that thing is yeah, way I mean, it was, too it big. Was big cat. <laughs> And then I and, turned it off. And uh, the CEO, what's his name uh, for Barstool? Uh, God, why is his name? The guy who does the pizza stuff, the pizza. Yeah, but is he even? I thought he sold off a, a big portion. Is he still there as a CEO type of yeah. thing? And well, I don't know, but portion? he, he, I forget. Why am I, why is his name uh, eluding me? He's a major guy. Anyway, the, the main guy for Barstool and Big Cat, and they had a regular play by play guy. But I'll tell you, man. I really enjoyed it. Now I watched it with my 14 year old and I just don't need every game that I watch. Now I don't, I wouldn't want this in a meaningful game, but if you're just going to give me a random bowl game, I liked the kind of the fun. Let's have, you know, there was an offensive lineman that scored a touchdown and they kept calling it, a, calling it a fat guy touchdown. And, and one guy was like, you know, I need the spread. I need to cover, you know, it was like, it was really like irreverent and, not anything like a normal broadcast, but I really enjoyed it. I don't know if anybody else saw that, but that might be the future of broadcast that you could have kind of a fun, you know, the guys aren't breaking it down, but you're having fun. Uh Oh, we just lost Jesse. Maybe Jesse will pop back in, uh, but I liked it. I liked the bar stool broadcast of the game. I thought the, I thought it was a really entertaining way to, to, uh, to to watch the game thought it was incredible um uh, jesse said his computer came up with an error and is restarting okay no no sweat we'll roll through a few of these um but if anybody saw the 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 i i think it was just called the barstool bowl and they maybe had some some other name as well but i liked it i really liked it now it's not your standard broadcast right and it wasn't um it wasn't like an NFL game. It wasn't like your regular college broadcast. It wasn't like an ABC or an ESPN broadcast. But it was it was different, and it was fun. I liked it. Now, if, as long as I don't really care that much about the game, that makes it easier. So a bowl game between Toledo and Wyoming is a perfect spot for it. But I liked it. I thought it was... Uh, I, I could see like one of the guys, I guess Big Cat is kind of a comedian, Portnoy. That's it, Dave Portnoy. So it's Portnoy, Big Cat, and a regular play-by-play guy. And I don't know if the play-by-play guy was great or anything, but he, he was good. I mean, I, I enjoyed it. You're back with us. 
Um, I was just saying it, that the it was like air and <laughs> just shut down. I've never seen that. Really? I something that's happened yeah. a couple times to me. But I was just saying I, I wouldn't want that for like a big game, but for just like having fun in a bowl game, I think there's room for it's like to me it opened my eyes to be like, you know what? This could be the future where you could pick football broadcasters or you could pick like a comedian. I mean, Big Cat's kind of a comedian. Portnoy is the executive. He was having yeah, fun. Portnoy, Dave Portnoy. And then the play-by-play guy was a play-by-play guy, but it wasn't, they were just, I don't know. It was different. It was like an alternative broadcast, but you know what? We have the Manning. Do you watch the Monday night game with the Manning cast? I don't. Vish does. Vish says he watches it. I'm pretty sure it's Vish that told me he watches only them when the games are on on Monday, which is interesting. I I never have. I mean, it's kind of more like a hang than a broadcast. Yeah, I'll give, yeah. I'll give you that. But it, it's still I, I liked it. I, I really enjoyed it. Keith Murphy, the unbeaten, says Philly is Fugazi. <laughs> Agree. Yeah. Green glass full. What dough is Jesse's favorite? I don't even understand the question. I don't, I don't know. What's that even about? Even, I have no idea. I have no idea. Uh, J-S-O-T-R-33. Is this the year the 49ers get their sixth? Oh, my God. It better be. It better be. Come on. I hope so. God, I, hope I mean, so. if it isn't this year, it's going to be a rough offseason. It's going to be a rough offseason. Would you agree everything is aligned for them? I mean, you got home field. You got a quarterback. You're going to have rest. Um, you know, the the tackling and the run D, I think, is tied to the rest. Um, the NFC's not big time. So it's like there's a very good chance they're going to get to the bowl. Uh, if they don't get to the bowl, I'm going to be really, really disappointed. If they get to the bowl and lose it, I'm going to be really disappointed. But lesser because there's some really damn good teams in the AFC. If they lose to the Browns, that's going to bug me too. I, I, you know, come on, it's the Browns. They haven't. It's got to happen this year. It's got to happen this year, please, man. It please really let it does. Be this year. Yeah. Uh, Brother Bob, nails. I respect you. Get the get that money. Here's another two dollars. <laughs> Thanks, bro. There you go, Brother Bob. Once upon a time, you respected me. Can we get to that? Can we get to that point again? Is it possible? <laughs> Uh, Daza says TV coverage is so good now that really it's only the atmosphere you miss. It will never change, but I wish the NFL had less ads and less stoppages. One of the main criticisms from foreigners. Um, that's the other thing in the Super Bowl, you get those commercials and that's kind of a little bit of part of our culture and like everything, you know, there's, there's something to be said for that. Uh, I love going to the game, but to be honest, I always feel like like when I'm doing post-game shows, I don't know how you feel about this. When I'm at the game, I sometimes have to get important data from people who were not at the game and who were watching on TV. That seems yeah. backwards to me. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you guys are pretty high up, though, in the booth, too. Like, you, you got to pull up. out the binoculars and do the whole. Yeah, that's rough. That's right. And and I got to say too when I'm at games it's hard for me to kind of remember the flow of the game. And it's why well, on top of you want to get a video out quick, but it's why I'll do a short video from the stadium. It's like I can't intelligently break down what I just saw because you got the crowd cheering and you're high-fiving and you're, you know, you're 
you're doing the fan thing, which is very different when you're at home. It's like, okay, you're in the comfort of your home. You're writing things down or tweeting them out. So they kind of stay in your memory banks. But when you're there, it's like, you see it the one time, that's it. You got the drunk guy next to you spilling beer, you're high-fiving him, and, you know, that's the way it goes. So it's just a different atmosphere. It is different. It's different. Uh, Salvador Bribiesca. Hopefully I didn't butcher that too bad, Salvador. He says, weeks like this is why the NFL needs to expand rosters and have um, have B teams. Both teams have playoff spots. Imagine B team players elevated filling in for guys. How about this? When you clinch, eliminate all the rules about um, practice squad promotion. Like the Niners should be able to empty the empty their practice squad. There's 16 guys. They should be able to take 16 guys and put them in the game if they want um, in week 18 if they've clinched. I know the NFL doesn't like that, but I, that, that I feel strongly about that. I would say, I would say, yeah, the more the merrier, the more the merrier. I would love it if they had bigger practice squads and, and, you know, it was a little bit more of a developmental league. Green glass full. Everyone knows Will Smith is gay. Dumb. I told you, dude's a weirdo. <laughs> Come on. You're weird, bro. You're so weird. Like, show your face to people. You're so strange. Come on. I'm sorry, dude. God bless you, but you are wow. Brother Bob, yeah, I support you, Nails. You should still slap mofos. I'm not slapping nobody. 69ers, if you Niners win, knocks, knock, win. If you Niners win, knocks on woods, will you cry? Wow. I, 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 I can't, I can't piece that together. Oh, he's say, basically saying if the Niners win, will you cry? No, not at, not at 40. <laughs> now, when I was a kid, when I was a kid, I remember, I think it was the 90, was it the 90 NFC Championship they lost to the Giants? I don't know that I've ever cried over a sporting event, period. No, I, I want to say when they lost to the Giants, I want to say it's 90. I was seven, six and a half, seven-ish. Three-peat in the NFC Championship. I definitely, yeah, I definitely cried when they lost. That was heartbreaking for me. That was heartbreaking. Uh, Brother Bob, Nails, you a Republican, first Bengals, Gary, now this. Gore, now this. Oh, Gore. <laughs> I actually, this. I actually don't vote. So, no. What is it? Nonpartisan? Is that what they call it? I couldn't tell you. But uh, he doesn't like. <laughs> You're an independent. I think is what he you does. It is that what it is? I don't know. I don't. First I don't Bengals, vote. So there, Gore, there's that. Now this. But my Bengals take. He he's. Uh, <laughs> so I said before the season that it would be the Bengals and Niners in the Super Bowl, and and I thought the Bengals would win the Super Bowl, and then. What's on my show take? last night. What's that? What's the Gore take? Uh, I don't think Gore is a Hall of Famer or should be a Hall of Famer, in my opinion. If I was if I was wow, that's putting players in the Hall of Fame, I would say Gore wouldn't get in. I would say Gore's got to get in after Roger Craig. It has to be. That's the how thing I feel is, about it. is Gore was fantastic. But He's the third leading rusher in the, in the history of the league. That's true. But was he ever the guy in the league? What, no. Is there a time that well, you I mean, can Andre say Reed, though, if, if you can two, have, I hear what you're saying, but you know we're what already what past that, aren't we? Andre Reed is in the Hall of Fame. Andre Reed was never Hold one up. of the best receivers in football ever. I want to. I want to say this. It's not. This is not just a Gore thing. This is. I don't think Philip Rivers should get in. I think Stafford is maybe. I wouldn't put Eli in. I think there's a lot of players that were very, very good, but. 
for me, I'm not saying he won't get in. You and want if he the does Hall get Fame in, to be great, not I just want it to very be the good. Elite. Yes, I want it to be the elite of the elite. If, I when I watched you, you play, were you the best player on the field? And if you weren't, for at least some period of time in your career, probably shouldn't be there. Yeah, it bugs me that Andre Reid is in. Uh, that one bugs me. It's like Roger Craig's not in, but Andre Reid is in. Roger Craig won Super Bowls. Andre Reid didn't. Uh, yeah. Andre Reid was never the best receiver in football. Roger Craig was the MVP. Uh, Italian Niner underscore Vito. I'll be moving to Vegas in 10 days. I hope we win the Super Bowl. What great Super Bowl activities are there after going to Miami, Jesse? There's a lot of stuff, man. They do. First of all, there's parties everywhere. Uh, Don't get taken, by the way. Don't don't pay to get into these bars. They're not they don't do anything special. But what I would say is they have the event. It's it's like they do it at an expo center somewhere near the stadium. They may even do it at the stadium because that stadium is so beautiful. But it's like three days leading up to the Super Bowl where you can go and meet former players, get autographs choose whose line you want to be in, get pictures with them. You walk through, they turn it into like a a locker room where you see like signatures and lockers from all the great players in the league. They had, when I went, they had a field there and they had ex players playing flag football. It was like Mark Sanchez versus Kurt Warner's team. And you could just walk right up there and say what's up to them. And it was great. So I highly recommend doing whatever they they their main event is which is usually near the stadium at some sort of expo center um daza drops this one he says uh who's the top five wide receivers in the nfl also brandon Ayuk better than cd lamb cd lamb's pretty freaking special i'll say this i think the best wide receiver in football is jamar chase and i would say the second best wide receiver in football is justin jefferson I would say the third best wide receiver in football is Tyreek Hill. And then I'm a little open-minded. Maybe CeeDee Lamb. Who, I'm, throw out a few more names. There's got to be some others that I'm not thinking of. I I, I actually think. pretty awesome, but I mean. I think Ayuk. I think Ayuk's better than CeeDee. If you look at the amount of targets that CeeDee has gotten, I mean. He's gotten so many more targets. So many more targets. Better blocker, more physical than than CD. CD's an awesome player. I think CD's hand-eye coordination with the ball in the air is better. But Ayuk's got a bigger catch radius. So Ayuk's got long arms. He can go off the turf. I think Ayuk's a little bit more physical. Lamb's had such incredible production. I feel like there's somebody we're not thinking of, though. Who, Who did we not name there? Chase Jefferson Hill. I mean, I guess the question is, you is know, somebody are else you, are you look well, Stefan Diggs, we haven't talked about. Uh, Diggs is pretty Devontae Adams, we haven't uh, talked Devontae's about. Although, gotta be in there. he's getting a I feel like Rodgers may have made Devontae because Devontae doesn't look the same, uh, for O'Connell and Jimmy in, in Raiderland. Yeah. Um, who, there's kind of there's some, I feel like there's a receiver I'm not we're not thinking of. Wait, so let me double check this. Um, what oh, about the, oh, AJ what about, Brown, AJ Brown's in yeah, there. AJ Brown. Brown is too AJ in there. Brown. No, he's he's in there. AJ Brown's in there for me. That's the one that I think we're we're probably forgetting. I also think Amon Ross St. Brown's right there too. Yeah, I really I do. Too. If you watch Amon Ross St. Brown play, man, he is so good, so good. He's what he's D-Hop? close. 
D hops a little long in the tooth. Keenan Allen's great, but he gets injured way too often for me. Um, Adams is getting a little older. Evans is always great. He's always going to give up a thousand, but he's not, he's, he's kind of like the, I don't know, man. He, what about Amari Cooper? He makes amazing catches. Amari Cooper is the most underrated receiver in football and has been for a long time. He's very, very good. He just had 200. He's, he's had like three games over 250 yards receiving in his career. Something like that. It's insane. He's incredible. Incredible. I'd probably go There's Chase, a lot of good ones. Jefferson, Hill, Brown, and then it's a coin flip between CD and Ayuk. I wouldn't probably. have DK in there. No, uh, he doesn't run the full tree. His no. ball skills are not that great. Um, he can be shut down. Mooney shuts him down regularly. Yeah. Um, Cooper is really Cooper makes some amazing catches. He does. So it's it's he hard does. not to, but he's also disappears. Um, and he's disappeared yeah. in multiple spots for years. Yeah. Mellon Joey Mellon says Mason is going to run all over the Rams. God, thank God. I want to see, you know, that's the other one. If Mason goes off against the Rams, do Niner fans criticize Shanahan in the post game? I think they do. I think they do. Probably. If, if but... a player who hasn't played all freaking year goes off when he finally gets extended run, I think that shows that he should have played at some point in some role throughout this year. Yeah. I think I, I expect that there'll be people critical of Shanahan. If Mason has a 135 yard day and looks awesome. I mean, I think we all know that Mason is pretty damn good and yeah. probably should have been getting carried. So I don't know that he would get criticized anymore or less. I mean, I don't know. Matthew Sanders love to see Ward on Puka so he can see a real DB. It's funny. Mooney held court in the locker room today and Mooney was just, you know, he's, he's, I love Mooney because great corners have such a high opinion of themselves that it's awesome Mm -hmm. to hear them talk. And he's just like, he, he has a really high opinion of the Niners and he's a really high opinion of himself. And I love it. It's just the name of the game. It's what comes with the territory. Yeah, what what I'll say, I mean, Mooney styles make matchups. And Mooney against some of the bigger receivers has done a, a pretty damn good job. I think that's more where he's at. The the quick shifty receivers, I don't know if that's the matchup for him, but we'll see. I don't I don't know if I want to see him follow around the quick shifty guys. Just whoever you match up against, that's that's who's in front of you. And you're going to match up against Puka or Cooper for the most part. So no, Cooper's not playing. No, no, no I'm saying if oh, if they oh, actually and, were to meet the Rams oh, in the yeah, playoffs yeah. type situation, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was surprised how many players the Rams are not playing in this game. It kind of that to me was like, whoa, that was. A, but it, maybe it's consistent. McVeigh doesn't play. You know, didn't play guys at all in the preseason. He believes in rest. Out of maybe more so than any coach in the in the. They don't maybe, get the bye week, so it's yeah. it's huge for them. They need it. Yeah. They need it, but maybe it's like he wants that matchup with Dallas. Maybe. I don't know. Brother Bob says, I'm almost at LAX and Purdy's uh, profit still yapping, hogging the mic. Thank you. I'm talking a lot, too. No, no, no. He's talking about this. I'm behind, way behind on these. He's talking about when I was going off when we got into the debate. Green Gospel says, this is hilarious. The dorky nerd PC football world. Niner, Niner, bang. In the run-heavy Niner scheme, only elite efficiency can give 4,000-plus yards. Give Brock his flowers. 
that stats has been there. That stat has been there for so long for a reason. Run having that. Oh, okay. Oh, go go back real quick. I want to. I want to. Let me yeah. make sure I take that one in. Give Brock. Yeah, yeah. I did. I, I thought I gave him his flowers. Like I said, here's I think, my I point. Think people have. We here's def- here's we my point. Both have really Brock. The point is, is that if Brock is the franchise quarterback and is here for, let's say, the next five years, I would be shocked if he doesn't break that record multiple times over. Like, if that's not the fourth or fifth best season he has after five or six more seasons, that's my point. The number overall number in today's league is not that impressive. And as Brock improves, I think he'll show you that. That 4,200 yards is not anything special. It's just not anymore. And, you know, he says it up front when he says, hey, it's a run-heavy system. There's no question. It's a run-heavy system, and there'll be a time where he throws, where he beats this record, I agree. Beats and meets is I love the Madden-style sky cam. You can pick your view on college football championship games. Uh, You can pick the Homer broadcast. It's great. Yeah, on the college football, like Washington and uh, Michigan, you can, there's like four different, isn't there like three or four different uh, broadcasts of that game? I like the way they do that. Uh, Matthew Sanders says September 6, 1998, Garrison Hurst goes 96 yards in overtime against the Jets. I remember like it was yesterday. He says, I like the Niners, but fell in love with football aside. Bring back those gold pants. God, I remember that like it was yesterday as well. It was on the Niners sideline, beautiful sunny day, and he was gone. Garrison Hurst, in a lot of ways, is one of the greatest so Niner players that's totally forgotten. If, totally he, forgotten. if, if he didn't get injured against the Falcons... I really think that they could win that Super Bowl. I really believe that in my heart. That one hurt when he got hurt against the Falcons, and they ended up upsetting the the vaunted Vikings, who were fifteen to one or whatever. And and um, Anderson hadn't missed a kick all year. I really believe, and that that run, that ninety six yard run, we talk about wide receivers blocking. Go watch that one again. Tio's that- down the field getting yeah. dirty. Tio Tio was a T.O. was about T.O., but T.O. was also at times a very much a team player. So competitive. Um, so yeah, competitive. and just a beast as a blocker. I mean, nobody yeah. nobody wanted to stand there. Um, yeah. Brother Bob says, no, Purdy Prophet, you keep lying about me being a Lance lover. No, you know what? You know what strikes me as odd is how offended you get about pro- positive Purdy talk when you're when Purdy coming out of nowhere has saved this franchise. It's saved John Lynch. It's saved Kyle Shanahan. It's it's made this year pertinent. The, the Niners, I'll ask you, Jesse, what would the Niners' record be this year if there was no Brock Purdy? That means they would either Dan have Donald was playing? or Allen or Lance. If Brock Purdy never existed, what would the Niner record be this year? I would well, say. Well, I'll just go off of their backup, which is Sam Darnold. He's the one that's still on the team. So, but even if, if it was Lance, was even if it was Lance, I mean, I think Lance would be better than Darnold. Oh, man. I think I, Lance I is better than Darnold. I, I, I would say that. the Niners would be a game over 500. That would be my guess. Right about. The, um, not terrible, but not that. winning. They, they wouldn't be. Nine and eight. That's what I think. 14 wins or whatever they're about to be. I don't, I don't believe that. Um, but I mean, I think this team could win eleven games. I mean, this team's stacked, Larry. 
Yeah, they are stacked. <laughs> Absolutely they are stacked. stacked. Even if if well, they, they wouldn't have won as hey, easily, they wouldn't have all it, these. They wouldn't I have agree with that. No, no, no. Double digit wins that. or whatever they have. Listen, the the passing record wouldn't have been broken. Um, the the streak of thirty points a game, those things probably don't happen. The impressive juggernaut style victories probably don't happen. But does this can this team be a playoff team in the NFC with some of those guys at quarterback? Yeah, probably. They they probably could because this team is absolutely stacked. And if if nothing else, if you just said, hey, we're gonna run the ball 35 times a game and throw screen passes to Debo, they probably could win win a lot of games that way. They could because they're supremely talented. So uh loaded team for sure. Green glass full. It's the soft dough, right, Jesse? What's I don't, what is that? I don't even know what What's you're saying. What's this dough? Is, is this like an inside? I feel like it was just an inside joke that I'm not privy to. I don't know. God bless you, Green Glass Fool. You crazy and, kook. Andy seven oh seven. Do you share the booth with Grant? Uh, do I share the booth with Grant? When I mean at the games, we're in the press box, but the press box is like goes from like. The entire length of the field, I think, almost. I, I yeah. not 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 the media portion. It goes from like the fifty to the ten, and he's probably sitting closer to the fifty, and I'm sitting closer to the ten. So, um, but that has nothing to do. It's assigned seating. Uh, that has nothing to do with anything, brother Bob. Why you bring up Lance? I just don't know why. I don't. I didn't bring up Lance. I just read the chat. You brought up Lance. See, look right here, Lance. You Lance Lover. Uh, but I just think that your anti your anti purdiness doesn't make sense because Purdy has been Purdy's the reason that the 49ers are the number one seed and have this buy. And he's played great. And you're a Niner guy. You should be all about Purdy. But I get it. I'm too much about Purdy in your eyes, in your ears, and so it's nauseating to you. I get it. I get it. I get it. Um Alan from Coles. Hey Alan. How's life in Indianapolis? Love the both of y'all. Keep up the work. Appreciate you. Thanks, Alan. Good, good man. Good man. Alan from Coles. <laughs> he works at Coles in Indianapolis. I know. I know he yeah. does. It's awesome. He's great. He's a great guy. And he called in last night. Brother Bob says, Nails, get this right. Should number 33, Roger Craig, be in the Hall of Fame? I think he should be. And I, I, I think I really am strong. I feel very strongly that Roger should be in the Hall of Fame. And here's my argument. The 84 Niners were the greatest Niner team of all time, arguably, arguably. And Roger Craig in that, on the greatest team of all time, easily could have been the Super Bowl MVP. He scored three touchdowns and was, in many ways, the best player on the field in Super Bowl 19. He's also the only guy who was a pro bowler as a halfback and a fullback. He's also the only running back from the team of the 80s and the team of the 90s, I believe, um, that's not in the Hall of Fame. He was the original 1,000-1,000 before McCaffrey, before uh, Marshall Falk. Roger Craig also, people think that, you know, he was a product of Jerry Rice. Playing with Jerry Rice actually hurt Roger Craig's numbers because Jerry needed the ball. And Roger was the easygoing team guy. And so it was easy for the Niners to feed Jerry and put his numbers in the stratosphere because they knew Roger was all about the W. 
And that's great. And it made the Niners go at that time, but it also deflated Rogers football cards numbers. Roger was a great, great player um, and should have been a hall of famer by now. And if Bill Walsh were alive, he would have made it his personal, uh, you know, agenda to make sure Roger was in. He would have talked him up constantly and Bill carried enough weight that Roger would be in if Bill were alive. I sincerely believe that I've talked to guy McIntyre and other uh, longstanding 49ers about this. We're all in agreement. Um, and hopefully Roger will get in, but, um, you know, he, his numbers are borderline. And I think there's a reason for that because like you hardly ever see a football locker room, Jesse, where the running back at 150 yards and the receivers had 150 yards. Usually it's like one or the other. And there were a lot of times where they kept feeding Jerry and they easily could have fed Roger if Jerry wasn't there. So that's all I'm saying. Yeah. I mean, I'll say short answer. No. No, I'm just, I'm totally joking. I just knew Brother Bob would like break a blood vessel if I said it. I, if, if you're going to make a case between him and Gore, I definitely would go Craig over Gore. And because he was arguably the best player in the league for a year or two, uh, best running back in the league, I should say. Yeah, and he did 788, he was awesome. He did something unique. He, being the first thousand, a thousand, that he brought something to the league that the league had not seen before. So, yeah, absolutely. I would make a case for Roger Craig before I would Frank Gore, for sure. Andy707, I'm going to the divisional game. Can't wait. Andy, have fun. Yeah. Have fun. Can't wait to see that game as well. Matthew Rowley. the I'm, NFC Championship. So, anybody that's going to be there, come say what's you're, up. You're going to be at the NFC Championship? I'll be at the NFC Championship, yeah. You're coming to town for that. I'll be there, yeah. Look at that. Are you coming solo or are you bringing the kid? I'm coming solo. So Wow. Matthew yeah, Rowley. Got whole, well, I'm, I'm coming with a buddy. I'm, I'm meeting a friend there, but yeah, uh, yeah. yeah. But you're not bringing the family. Uh, no. Matthew Rowley says, I'm definitely afraid we're making a mistake not playing Purdy in week 18. Young said two weeks is too long and too hard to transition back into games. Yeah. We talked about it earlier. I, about I it. think we both made That's the case point. as to why we're not at, that worried about Purdy. And, and two reasons really is what it, we came up with. One is you're talking about somebody who really didn't have much of an offseason and hit the ground running. That was super impressive. Why can't he do it again after a couple weeks off and playing a whole season? And reason number two is they're really a team that can knock you off even if you're not on your A game. I don't know if that team exists in the NFC. We'll see. Uh, hey, Zeus drops this one. He says there should be a Hall of Fame for 49er content creators. Um, appreciate that. Hey, last comment, and then we'll bolt for the door here. We're two hours and 20 minutes, 21 minutes into the live stream. Once again, thanks Not to pig and a pickle, New York style, Italian sausage, Marin auto glass, uh, underdog fantasy and mojo fantasy. My last question to you, Jesse, is this. Should Shanahan. Okay. We know he's not going to play Purdy and we know he can't. The rest of the starters are basically going to go. I mean, there's not going to be an Armstead. There's not going to be CMC. There's not going to be Ambry. The hurt players are not going to play, and Purdy's not going to play. But he, we know he's he. And I, if you ask me what practice squad players, I was talking to Matt Barrows about this today. We both think um, the running back, um, the former Buck, former Buck uh, Buccaneer running back. What's that running back's name? They have. Um, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, on the practice squad. God, yeah, I, know, I, know, I don't can't remember his Nichols, name, but yes, Nichols. I know. Yeah, Nichols yeah, and Taylor Hawkins would be the two guys that I think they're going to call off the practice squad. 
um, okay. in in for the game on Sunday against the Rams. But should Shanahan go all out to win this game, or should he hold back his best plays, knowing that they may play the Rams in a few weeks? How, we know there's about there's two things to discuss. There's who should play. We've already kind of hit that. But then there's also how should Shanahan call the game? Should he should he try to win all you know? Try every way possible to win the game. I mean, that seems like a real simple kind of mindset. Or do you hold back knowing that you may have to play the Rams in the playoffs? I wouldn't hold back from a standpoint of trying to win the game. I definitely try to win the game. Now, I wouldn't come out with my A game plan if that's what you're asking. Like, hey, if we were to play the Rams and this was for the playoffs on the line or the number one seed. I'm going to call this game exactly the same. I wouldn't I wouldn't go that far, but I would definitely try to win. I mean, these backups regardless, they're they're competitive. They want to win. And really if I'm him, I'm taking this opportunity to to get as many people some reps as possible because you never know when you're going to have an injury. If the worst-case scenario happened and Brock Purdy gets hurt again in the NFC Championship, Gosh, I'd feel a lot better if Sam Darnold threw the ball 30 times this week than if he handed it off 30 times and and threw 12 times. You know what I mean? Like, I want to get as many reps as possible for some of these guys in case of emergency, break glass, you got to play them. At least I know that they played a couple weeks ago and there's something in there from a competitive nature. So I'm definitely trying to win. I'm just not calling my, my A game plan as if I'm trying to knock them out of the playoffs and, and advance to the next round to head towards a Super Bowl. Last question then. If you believe that, and I believe that too, I, I want to see Sam because he might have to go to Sam. Heck, they went to Josh Johnson. Would you play Sam all four quarters or would you make Brandon Allen that second quarterback and throw him out there in the fourth quarter? Otherwise, Brandon Allen hasn't played, taken a live snap since the preseason. Is it important for Brandon Allen to get any reps at all? Do you think Shanahan will play him at all? Should he play him at all? Or, nah, just go with Sam Darnold? Yeah, I mean, I I would play Sam all game. All game. You're taking a risk. You're definitely taking a risk. After what happened last year, I know that that there's some panic there. But I'd play Sam. He's next man up. I want to get as many reps as I can for him. And Alan from Cole's last super of the night says, who y'all's low-key teams for both sides? What does that mean? Low, you're talking about um, for both sides. Like who, who, are we take, who are we taking to make the Super Bowl? I think, um, what he's asking? I think he means like sleeper teams in each conference. Oh, okay. I would, I would say Rams and Browns. I think the Browns are, you know, Flacco's playing with the house's money. He's got good receivers. They got great players in all three levels of their defense. Um, Flacco's played in the Super Bowl before. He seems to be playing very loose. I think he's got like 600-yard day, 100-yard games. I think the Browns have won like seven of nine. I'll say Browns in the in the AFC and Rams in the AFC, or in the NFC. Yeah, I'll go, uh, I'll go with the Bills. I picked them four weeks ago to come back and win that division. And I think that they're going to seal that this week. 
they're getting relatively healthy at the right time. And you've got, for the first time in Josh Allen's career, a real running game. They've been winning, and Diggs hasn't even been involved, really. So I'll go with Buffalo out of the AFC, but I agree in the NFC. I agree. Rom else is Larry Jesse coach. Love the shows, fellas. Much love. Shout out to the chat. Oh, brother Bob. Nails. Hmm. Ooh, I was going to ask for all two dollar soups back. <laughs> if I had said Roger Craig wasn't in, did you I, be honest, brother Bob? Did you break a blood vessel for a half second when I said he's short answer? No, he's not a Hall of Famer. I know that, that had to get to you. I hope I hope it worked. I hope it worked. Wait a second, Brother Bob and I were aligned. We were aligned. <laughs> hey, there and you Nick go. Gina. What's up, Larry and Jesse? All What's right, that up? does it for us. Thanks to everybody. Thanks to Jesse. Thanks to the sponsors. <laughs> Thanks to all you guys in the chat. We are out. Have a great night. Peace. Yeah, never met a man. I've been scared of. Careful. You won't get exactly what you 